Talk brunch served hot. Talk brunch live. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, all of our nocturnal friends. Rick Darry here, aka Captain Brunch, episode 570 of April 13th with Destin Soglo, Frasier. Damn it, we were a day off. It was the 12th, it had been the 13th, Friday the 13th, about. Damn it. Yeah, I don't know. Wish that on. Don't bring that energy over here. Are you kidding me? It's my favorite day of the year. What do you mean? No, yeah, I don't want my favorite <laughs> day on here. Have that favorite day uh, on a different day. <laughs> you know, it's like this thing's already hard enough to put together. Less than it is like some sort of bad jinx on me. I mean, hey, as long as you don't like produce the show like, where like you're under a ladder, I think you'll be all right. Yeah, well, it's initially you see. <laughs> yeah, I watched a lot of stuff this week just by, uh, I guess, with a little bit more devotion of just leaving things on in the background. I had like a pretty active wrestling week, probably more than I want <laughs> in hindsight. But we're going to get into all of the weeklies and things of that nature coming up, as well as some releases, some returns, some controversies, some drama, some heat. Some naysay, some clips. You know how we normally do. This stuff. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But yeah, there's going to be, as you guys saw, we're gonna, there's going to be some sort of a, a few splits going on as well in regards to branding and drafting and things of that nature that we're also going to be getting into. Court New Japan. What was it? Sakura? Yeah, Sakura, though, the big Sakura event. Yeah, I caught that Sakura event. Not bad. All interesting stuff. I actually caught the Dusty Rhodes Legends, even the Battle of the Belts. What was I doing, right? And we got to watch a kid in the UFC cow cry. Yeah. Spoiler alert, no belts changed in Battle of the Belts. No fucking way. They never do. You ever notice that? <laughs> There's never been a title change on Battle of the Belts. There's been title changes on there's been title changes on Rampage though. But never on Battle of the Belts. No one battles very Yo, diligently for the belts. The day that shit happens, that's gonna be when Battle of the Belts hits a million. No, it's too late. People go <laughs> somehow a show called Battle of the Belts has become like Sunday Night Heat. No one thinks anything's gonna really happen on here. The funny part is like it it follows Rampage, right? Does it? Or is it the following day? I don't even know anymore. It's a Saturday, it's the following right? day. Yeah. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, now you're asking a bit much. If they showed up after SmackDown for Rampage, you thought they'd come back the following day for Battle of the Belts. Change your belts on Rampage. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that. Or change your belt on the, on, the, on the event that has belts in the freaking name. Yeah, anything. Anything. So, uh, WWE re-signed certain talents. Uh, I believe, what's his name? Wesley Blake was put as a trainer or something, I think. Is that what's happened to him? Yeah, I don't I saw that he got brought back. I didn't know he was a trainer, though. Huh? Yeah, I don't think he's, he's wrestling. I'm not sure. I feel like I heard he was a trainer. But yeah, apparently Eric Young was rehired quietly. And this was like back in November of last year. Even though he hasn't yeah, made a he, return. He's been back a while. And if you were to call, he went back to uh, Impact Wrestling, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. He stayed there, did uh, the Violent by Design faction for a while, and then left. Yeah, and then apparently, uh, by October, Impact Wrestling was made aware that Eric Young would be finishing up with the company. And you know how Impact likes to handle when they know somebody's finishing up with the company. So what do you think they did? A, have Eric Young drop a title to somebody. B, have him get pinned on the way out. Or C, have him killed. I'm going to say he graciously lost his championship, said goodbye (laughs) to all the fans. There were hugs and tears, and he said, thank you for everything. I'll see you down the road. And that's my final answer. I'm going to be real with you. I do not know the answer, but I can say that the name of the clip that was attached to this story is called The The End in Caps of Eric Young, Impact Wrestling. (laughs) And this is from and this is from last last December. It could be anything. If this was any other company, we would just think they're doing their they're like they're leaving the territory or whatever. But here it's like I have a, I have a suspicion, man, that he's gonna wind up dead by the think about how many people it's like, died. It's like when people get get let go and lucha underground. I don't know how you're going out. They killed Ali, right? Like think about that. They killed Ali. They killed Ali. They basically killed Rosa. They sent Rosemary to Purgatory. They didn't even kill her. Ty <laughs> yeah. Valkyrie got pulled into some dimension, right? Or whatever it is, yeah. that dark world you said they go to? In the undead realm, the bitch is in purgatory right now, basically. It's more dangerous to work at Impact than it is to live in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You ever notice that? <laughs> like, you have more of a chance of getting sent to another dimension or destroyed by an entity in that than in 616 or in Marvel Cinematic. Like, it's oh, ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. Remember that time Mickey James <laughs> got pushed onto the train tracks? By James Storm, and then the fucking train hit and killed her. Like, what is it with them killing people, right? Hell, remember when freaking the Hardys left? They were transporting dimensions, and Decay caught them midway. So in Canada, the Hardys have just been in another dimension. What an amazing place, you know? Like, y'all can't just release people like known people. What the fuck, man? It's weird when you think about it. As dark as the Undertaker's portrayed, Impact like portrays their people like if they have powers beyond like anything, beyond like your wildest dreams. They time jump, they dimension travel, they reality leap. Like, they're really, like, on a high level when you think about it, right? Like, it is crazy over Fucking there. nuts. We used to think Lucha Underground was ridiculous. This this is, like, on, like, a completely different world. Because at least Lucha Underground started off thematically with a lot of fictitious stuff. These guys literally just kind of turned into it. You know? With no rhyme, reason, nothing like that. It's like if you watch, you ever remember that show Family Matters? It's like if you watch Family yes. Matters season one versus like Family Matters season seven. You know, season one is doing sort of like the Cosby thing. It's like just good family values and just just typical sitcom shit. By season seven, they're like going into space with Urkel and jumping through different <laughs> times and different realities and shit, you know? It's just kind of, wow, this has sort of lost its grounded base. That's how I feel about wrestling now with Impact. Like they have some darkness shit going on. But anyway, I could be dead wrong and... The end of Eric Young is just they give him his walking papers here. For a long time, you can run. Why did you turn your life over to violent by design? To fight the sickness. So, you revile the sickness? Of course. I always have. What is that about? How do you know when you encounter the sickness? 
Failure. 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 That's right. And he would do anything to eliminate the sickness? Yes. Anything? Anything. 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 What if I was to say the sickness was in this room right now? This is like Lucha Underground. Even the way it's shot now. What do you mean? If the sickness was in this room right now, would you do anything to eliminate it? Down with the sickness? Uh, simple, yes. Get out of my head. I was, I was fighting the whole time. And suddenly it changes. Violently it changes. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, like what is going on here? <laughs> Could you imagine somebody channel surfing into <laughs> Could you imagine somebody channel surfing into this shit? They'd hit the guide immediately. What? I think that this isn't the right thing. Yes. <laughs> As would I. What? You're gonna fight over a knife? fighting over a knife who's the other guy uh I think Joe Joe Diener man he's just gouging his eyes and shit it's like crazy somehow the the produced punches almost look worse than the worked punches Is that jelly on his face? I've seen better punches in the room. No dark dimension. Become the violence. Embrace the violence. You should have hung out with Rosemary and all. And they use portals and shit. Like to just Eliminate get jigged to death. Eliminate this shit. Eliminate I don't know if you would do that, man. Oh God, he kills him. Is this really how they got rid of him? I mean, as the impact, are we surprised? A little. So. Okay, yeah, I admit, no portal or magical dimension is kind of shocking. I was the designer, and brought to but you ground. are the designer. 
I would love to have watched this episode, man, because I'd love to. What do they do? Like, what do they say when they cut back to up next tag team action? Yeah, right. Like, that's what I was thinking. That's, you, you read my mind. Like, how do you how do you segue out of that? You just like like poor Josh Matthews or whoever's out there. Like, what what could you possibly? How weird, right? Was that like on part of a show or did they just put that on YouTube? Oh, no, no, no. The, they, they, come on. It's impact. They put that on the show like it's just there. What a weird thing to have, right? Wow. <laughs> that was like dark as hell too for a wrestling show. When you really think about it. Oh my god. They got a little too cinematic there. How are they gonna explain if any of these people ever come back? Are you trying to say it's a one way trip? Let's be real. I think I think if you get put down like that, you had no intention of coming back in the first place. Yeah, that was just strange. Really, hey, see it now, a year and a half from now. By God, Eric Young survived the stabbing. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not buying that shit for a minute. He killed him in the cell. <laughs> that would completely discredit. That would bury that guy. Like, how you can't even? Kill oh, we didn't guy. see him die. <laughs> he died off camera by a few inches. <laughs> that's miserable man what an upbeat show you know they should you know what they should do screw it that should be the final segment of a show and then after that the lights just turn on and everybody leave thank you for coming bye and, like i would do that the opposite of send the crowd home you know the rules always send the crowd home happy even, <laughs> yes, even if it's like a little house home, show. Like, oh, fuck it. it's, it's impact we've been this for a long time literally just have a whole thing and then that's the last thing and then the lights just come on everybody just leaves <laughs> if you want them to leave quietly and you don't want it to be chaotic like you usually <laughs> I, bet, I bet you that should be just like full line or look like a school trip <laughs> instead of send the crowd home happy send the kids home fucked up yeah like it was just miserable a kid that just bought his Eric Young shirt on that show. <laughs> Go get some Applebee's, motherfucker. It's over here. Well, it's a Memorial yeah. Beast now. Go eat somewhere because that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, why not? the sorrow away because, uh, yeah. Why not, man? I mean, they're impact. They don't give a shit anyway. They said, like I said, they kill people off. It's no longer even weird. Oh, man. In another bit of news, almost a non-news, AEW Fight Forever. People are jokingly calling it AEW Wait Forever. I mean, how much of a joke is that at this point? We put out two games at the time we've been waiting for this one. Yeah, well, what we're hearing is that the the game's pretty much ready. Um. so basically, THQ Nordic's global senior community manager, his name is Zitties on Twitter. That's very classy, isn't it? <laughs> Zitties with a ZY, so it could be talking about something totally different. Who, knows? <laughs> Who really knows? Uh, but he said that while the, he basically said for a publisher, the game is not really finished until it's released. Basically, a lot of people are having a massive problem understanding that which is kind of sad because it kind of creates this thing that everybody now suddenly believes. Oh my God, these guys lied. No, they didn't. So hopefully it'll get sorted out soon. The game is in a good state. As soon as we do launch it, I think people will be happy. Then everybody will just forget about all the other stuff and everybody will be happy to enjoy it. That's what I've been trying to explain to people. Development 
can already be sorted and stuff, but that doesn't mean the game is done. There's still QA. There's still all these different things that they have to do. I just don't see how people misunderstand it because, but, but might be because I'm part of the industry. So for me, it's common when people check in with me, hey, is it ready? I'm like, oh no, it's, er- it's in the early publishing stages. Again, I'm part of the industry. So for me, that's normal that I don't expect everything to be instant, instantly done. That is why it annoys me so much when we're now taking our time. All three houses, Ukes, THQ, Nordic, and AEW, we're taking our time. We want to do this the best we can. We make sure it goes through a long QA process and a long submission process. All these things and people are instantly like, oh, but we want the game now. Yeah, but you can't have both. You can't have a game that's out right away and then have a good game. There's only one of those things that actually matter that works and that matters. It's basically his thing. So he's saying, you know, that uh, basically he's t- they're taking their time and they're being very careful about this. I almost can't blame him. Like, that's an advisable thing to do, especially not they have the heavy competition that they do. Oh, yeah. Like, that's that's a smart move. Like, you take your time, you have a better chance of your game coming out, okay? Because, God forbid, this thing comes out and it's just straight impact fire on somebody. Then it's just, oh, no, I'm kidding. But, like, <laughs> God forbid it comes out and it's just terrible, then all that weight was for nothing, rather than you wait a little while wait a good while actually and then the game comes out great yeah i think it's worth it to wait for something if it's gonna at least they, they understand that they have to do that you know this yeah. is like the first launch of it the first launch is probably their most important yeah this is AEW's very first game like of all the ones to fuck up this is not the one <laughs> Hmm. so hopefully they are you know i i trust them I think they understand that they're in deep shit, though, because they did take really long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were like, we got to make sure we get this thing perfecto. Mm-hmm. So on other AEW-related news, we spoke last week about the whole Wembley Stadium thing. And uh, they did a pre-sale for it already. Remember this place? We talked about how it seats like 90,000. Like this is a gigantic. I mean, it's Wembley. You know, you've heard the name without it being uh, synonymous with wrestling because it's, it's a huge thing. The last time it had a big show was in 1992, was which WWE SummerSlam. They had 80,000. Even at that, they didn't hit that 90,000 mark. That's the capacity. That being said, uh, pre-sale has about 25,000 seats already occupied. So that's not bad, I have to say. The tickets yeah, for a sale, pre-sale, that's pretty yeah. good. The tickets go on sale May 5th, and uh, you can pre-register for early access with a code, and then there's going to be a pre-sale May 2nd. But yeah, we're hearing about 25,000 signups on the first day. That's a good start. Even if they hit fifty or 60,000, you can make it look good, you know what I mean? With, with something yeah, like that. Yeah. It's not like you, you position people top. better and it looks a lot better then. Yeah, so I mean it is a, it is a solid move. It's just crazy that they announced. I guess you have to announce it early because you want to hit as many seats as possible. Yeah, you got to really you can't just last second be like, "Hey guys, next month we're going to Wembley." You got to be like almost a year in advance. <laughs> that's a trip. You got a pre-plan right there. But that's the whole thing, which means that he's been pre-planning this. He couldn't have just come up with this at the last minute, which would make you think that it would have been announced better or, or in a different part that doesn't coincide with WrestleMania week and that would have given it its own focus. 
you know, or maybe he wanted to do it at a time when eyes were all on wrestling. I'm not really sure. But I just thought it was very interesting that, like, you know, on a weekend of announcement, he's like, big announcement. And that's like after a ton of big announcements. And although this one's semi big, it also depends on what, how it does. Let's say that the 25,000 capacity only hits 35,000 afterwards. It ain't great. It's not terrible, but it ain't great. Yeah. Well, but uh, we also don't know. This is what is this going to be? There's going to be all in. Yeah, this is all in. Yeah. Which that's also something that's very interesting because there was only one all in and the first all in wasn't even AEW because at the time there was no such thing as AEW. All in was just its own pay-per-view. Remember, it was just the Bucks and Omega and all of them for the first time trying to do their own thing. And they called it all. Yeah, in. And it was like, hey, you think we can't fill 10,000 seats? We'll show you we can. And they did it under the Ring of Honor flag with basically uh, the old owner, Kerry Selkin, if you recall. And once they made AEW, they did all out. Because they were all out of Ring of Honor at that point, apparently. <laughs> yeah. You know, but since he owns Ring of Honor, that now gives him the rights to the all-in pay-per-view. So it's interesting that they're going to Wembley and they're not doing an all-out, which is pretty much an AEW, but they're doing an all-in. It might be an AEW. I mean, I guess it'll be an AEW all-in. He just has the right to yeah, at this it. point, it's basically AEW, say. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We have to see what the landscape of the company is going to be by then. You know, a lot can happen between then and now. Oh, for sure. And this is for, uh, this is in August, right? Uh, yeah, I believe all is going to be in August. It's August 27th. When's SummerSlam? Let's see. SummerSlam. Let's take a look. See. Oh, it's, uh, it looks like it's uh, the 5th, so it's earlier okay. than Okay, good, good. Finally, some spacing in that. That makes it actually a summer month of wrestling in a good way, but it spreads it out a little bit more. You don't get bombarded with it. Yeah, so, I mean, that's cool. I do wish him the best of luck with that. He chose a good season, and he didn't try to overlap it with freaking SummerSlam. Right, because that would have just been douchey. You know, all good signs. And while we're talking about numbers, something that's very funny is that people are still buying WrestleMania as a pay-per-view. The only thing I could think of is that this is places where they probably still don't have great internet. And to be honest, a lot, options. it's not like when you get better internet, they got a guy who goes door to door and like knocks and he's like, hey, we just wanted to let you guys know we, we did little. They don't have like their own Otacon that goes from like fucking door to door explaining like the different upgrades that he's giving you you know like <laughs> so pretty much a lot of people might still just from previous experiences that they've had years ago still be under the impression that internet sucks and it's not a good way to consume content when in the meantime like it's come such a far away just in the last year alone that they wouldn't really know and they might just not trust it you know there are always people who didn't trust things when new technology came along. But that being said, there were 22,700 pay-per-view buys for night one and 22,900 for night two. They went up 200 buys the following night. But this is still lower than last year, which only the 24,000. Oh, they, they lost about 2,000 people, which, which really still isn't that terrible when you really think about it. And especially since most of the advertising is going towards doing Peacock as opposed to just regular pay-per-views. Exactly. But when, but when you look at those numbers, 22,000, 
It's also been reported that 3.4% of the people who bought WrestleMania, 3.4% also bought AEW Revolution. So there you go. There is a scaled comparison to you of what people will buy. 3.4% of the entire WrestleMania population that bought the pay-per-view ordered AEW. It's still, it's, I mean, 3.4% is still decent, but look at how giant of a, of a difference that is, right? Right. 3.4 out of anything is still 3.4. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's not great, you know? Like, they don't have that, they, like I said, that, that WWE following is something that's very difficult to get. You know, that WWE lineage, all of the stuff that goes behind it. Cody Rhodes himself, he spoke to Sports Illustrated. He said that uh, WWE and, and A&E, because I, I caught that A&E, the, the Dusty Rhodes document. I haven't watched one of those in a while. Really good. But he said WWE and A&E are memorializing his father in the documentary, which was a blessed experience. And he said helping catalog, correct, and bring light to Dusty's life was a grand responsibility and one of the reasons that he returned to WWE. And seeing the facts that support the legend make it a beautiful watch for old fans and new fans alike. So that's what I mean why it's kind of hard to beat something that's been around as long as it's the history and the lineage and shit that goes into WWE. Because think about the fact that you have a guy named Cody Rhodes who who helped build another company. And he said in, in that interview to Sports Illustrated, he's basically saying, look, I came back because of the history that they have with my father and I wanted to be a part of it in a way is what he's saying you know like there's some things that you can't compete with and I think that that's one of them I don't know did you catch did you catch that Dusty Road documentary yeah I actually yeah I caught that one I've caught the last couple but yeah I, caught, I had to make sure I caught the Dusty one yeah the Dusty one was beautiful yeah it was pretty cool man I don't know if they, they it's good they, to hear stories about Dusty and hear people talk about him again yeah yeah, did they do a trailer for it? I don't know. Shit, I should have prepared that before I came on here, right? <laughs> I didn't think about it. I just watched it on my spare time. It wasn't something that I planned. Let me see if I can grab a trailer real quick. I think it's got to be out there somewhere. Can't be hard to find. Yeah, you know what it is? I don't know what their what their freaking channel is. Oh wait, thank God I found it. Just one mystery remains. Who will stand across the WrestleMania ring from Seth freaking Rollins? We know it's an opponent. My dad. It's more difficult because he won't see it. But his thumbprints is all over. My dad taught me so much, and at this stage in my life, 53 years old, it's all about giving back. What's up, kids? And I'm proud to teach the future superstars. education in wrestling. I can confidently say 
It's because I was Dusty's son. When I see a change in them and they get it for the first time, they see it on their face, that's a payoff. It's a payoff for me. He would, he would love this. He would be so proud. I know he is. New episode Sunday at 8, part of WWE Superstar Sunday on A&E. And watch next day on the A&E app. See, there's a price you pay for being... So, yeah, it was pretty cool. We're hearing that uh, they did 461,000 viewers. Uh, 183,000 of those were in the 18 to 49 demographics. So they did a .14 in the 18 to 49 demographic. And the Rivals episode, that's another thing that I watched with Undertaker and Randy Orton. Uh, they did 427,000 viewers, so a little bit lower. Uh, with 183,000, once again, with a point fourteen and eighty. So the exact same people <laughs> who watched the Rivals Undertaker Randy Orton are the exact same people who watched uh, the biography of Dusty Rhodes. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah, not bad. I should see if I could find that too. See how I'm prepared. I wasn't thinking of talking about these. Let's be real. We are trying to avoid the sadness, okay? okay? Don't mind me. I'm doing the search for it. There we go. See, yeah, I'm finding yeah, these fine. I always looked at talent as, is there somebody out there that is on the precipice that I can push over the edge and make them not just a star, but a superstar? So Undertaker looked at Randy and said, yeah. That can be the next guy. And I remember the office. It was creative. It might have been Bruce Pritchard even. But they came to me and they said, listen, kid, Undertaker wants to work with you. And I just, with me? I'm about to do what no other man has done. At WrestleMania 21, I will defeat the Undertaker. The idea was to be able to go back and try and find a lot of legends in our past to come back. What a way to start a wall with Jake the Snake Roberts here. So using Jake the Snake and people like that was something that could easily display and let people know, first of all, how Randy viewed the legends, but it was giving himself confidence to be able to step into the ring with The Undertaker. And at WrestleMania? When I end Undertaker's winning streak, I will have made a bigger impact than you have made your entire career. Randy Orton is given a golden ticket. He gets The Undertaker, but he has a unique perspective on why he wants to face him. He sort of is the first one to recognize the streak, which we all know now so famously, of Undertaker not losing at WrestleMania. Orton brings this to the forefront of the conversation and very arrogantly claims that he's going to be the one to end this streak. RKO on the snake! Randy Orton, the legend killer! Just RKO'd another legend! And another snake, too. You guys don't really think about that. They just machine? No. 
I was double the snake. <laughs> Write it down. Quote it. Fuck it. <laughs> there we go. I don't know where the hell that came from. Oh, yeah, that was a good one, too, though. Yeah, they didn't enjoy it as much as the Dusty stuff. I find it weird that they would focus on one Randy Orton feud just randomly. Like, out of all the feuds, they were just like, all right, we're going to talk about someone. Like, Dusty was a legend, so I understand doing that. But I guess that's what it is. The rivalry always focuses on one feud, right? Yeah. There's, like, one particular one from start to finish, basically. Gotcha. Yeah, see, I've never really watched too many of those. So I had no clue. All right. We're going to move this one along quickly. There's not as much chuffa to deal with this week. So let's talk about some razzling. Starting with the weeklies with SmackDown episode 1233 coming to us from Portland, Oregon's Moda Center. And no, I'm not saying it with a New York accent. It's Moda. Moda. <laughs> they did the in memory of Bush. Bushwhacker. Anyway, jump ahead. First match. Six-man tag team match. Imperium's Giovanna Vinci, Gunther, and Ludwig Kaiser against the Berlin Brutes, Butch, Rich Holland, and Sheamus. Finally, right? Fight night. We're back to the hard-hitting fun match. You know what? Drew did good, to be fair. But this was the original feud. It's weird how they put it on hold for a little while. I had a WrestleMania event where these guys were just in the background. And I was just back to them working for another year. I guess they just didn't want to have a match like this as something on WrestleMania. I have no idea. Yeah. Ah, your fingers. (laughs) You thought you would have learned by now. But you didn't. Be protocol wrestling, but you have to wear oven mitts. Oh, yeah, socks, socks to be him. I love how Sheamus is getting a super pop during this shit. Bowery beats, yeah. Irish Demon Baby Banks. <laughs> What's good about this is it's such a hard-hitting feud. That's one thing, no matter who's involved in it. These guys have been pummeling each other. They, look at I that. Mean, they've been kicking the shit out of each other this whole time. <laughs> a brawling roots win. Yeah, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no booing. Paul Heyman, please. Do you have any idea why Brock Lesnar did what he did? Why is this night different? Talk about something far, far more relevant, like the Bloodline main evented both nights, all thanks to Roman Reigns. Thousand days at... What's up, OG? There he is. What the right-hand up? man, main event, Jay Uso. I ain't seen Jimmy all night. You know where he at? Your brother is not here this evening. The tribal chief wanted him to stay at home and watch on television as you. Main event, Jay Uso, takes out Sami Zayn all by yourself, solving the Sami 
Zane problem. Yeah, you better yeet. He solves the Sami Zayn problem tonight, or you solve our problems tonight. Hey, you, so Sami Zayn still to come tonight. Ivar! Ricochet versus Ivar. Oh, this was fun. Yeah, I guess they're still not ready to uh to push Vikings. We're having singles yeah, matches. I think the constellation of them just kicking the shit out of people again. Yeah, like I said, they're in singles matches. They're not really being focused on. But I guess we just got to give it time, even though we've given it literal years. Yeah. I mean, hey, it could be worse. Like what, like a year or two ago, we were talking about the fact they were always getting smiling and beating up backstage. So yeah, baby not steps. Not again, beat up on SmackDown and singles matches. Good for them. <laughs> at least they weren't smiling, David. <laughs> you just staring at the titles. I was leering at them. First SmackDown. I was leering. As the undisputed tag team champion. Big match with Jay tonight. That's a big opportunity right there. What do you mean? Oh, come on, man. That's a big, great chance to finally just put this bloodline stuff behind us, behind you. We became tag team champions, and tonight you can settle whatever is left to settle between you and Jay, and then, you know, we're done with them. Well, you know, that's kind of what I want to talk to you about. Something about all this just feels off. What you're saying is true, but I, I can't shake this feeling. Like, I, I got to talk to him or something. Jay, Jay, Jay. I feel like I got to talk what to him. What do you him. mean? I, I don't know, because everything you're saying is true. You know, this is what we wanted. I know this sounds weird, but I feel like a sense of obligation. You, you, you think you're just going to waltz in there after everything that happened and have a nice little chat with you? Look, you're right that we beat them. The bloodline's crumbling. You think that's going to make Jay willing to talk? No, it's, if anything, it makes him more dangerous than, than he's ever been. But, and, and I don't know what you're trying to get out of this, but I, look, I know you. I've known you for a long time. I know I can't talk you out of this. I have to. Don't worry. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. You said I was right, and then you... And then you go to talk to the bloodline anyway. Anyway. Fuck. So... The next match is a tag team match. It's Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez against against who? Do you know who they are? Oh God, Shotzi and Daddy? No, they're the ballsy baddies. <sighs> that's the official name. The ballsy baddies. At least that's what they were calling them here. Uh, at least I learned to keep the tank. <laughs> major, major match. Becky Lynch and Lita on Monday night. This is a little skill sharpening moment. What did you think of the ballsy baddies? Look at that. She had to practically catch her from her doom. <laughs> well, there's that for starters. Raquel now, though, I. It's just I, why Shotzi and Natty? Like what the? F I have no idea. Like did somebody in the back said just hey you could just stick Natty with anybody like? Oh yeah for years. Like, <laughs> but like this one's weird even on their standards. <laughs> See and all of that just to lose. New name didn't do anything. It wasn't a buff at all. Like at least they give Liv or her part his backstory or something. You're good, but you got a lot of work to do, man. Oh, games, games, and more cockamamie games. 
You see Snoop Dogg, you see Bad Bunny. And there's one thing missing with everybody saying L.A. Knight. But then I think, well, it is this guy on there for playing video okay, games. Okay, How okay, time okay, okay, to okay. change. You're upset because daddy didn't pat you on the head and tell you you were special on his big day, huh? If you worked as much as you talked, you probably would have been on WrestleMania. As a matter of fact, and I will gladly beat the hell out of you for money again if that's exactly what you need. This ain't playing one of your little video games. You can be playing L.A. Knight's game. Yeah. Oh, his controls are expensive. Piece of shit. Yeah, that's your problem. Terrible. It's Triple H. It's his second time bringing a promo. That's when you know this Endeavor shit is serious, right? Right. I know you've already been here for a while, but welcome to SmackDown. This year, WrestleMania 39 exceeded all expectations. On digital, almost a billion views. And now we look to the future. Are you ready? It is once again time for the WWE Draft. This year's draft will truly change the game. Major news tonight from Triple H. And with every superstar... And that's all. Hey, shake the hands of the heels on the way out. Sure. Dominic battling his father, Ray, in which Damian Priest was involved. I destroyed and dethroned 14-time women's champion Charlotte Flair. Everyone rises to mommy. Rise, rise to mommy. She needs a shirt. Does she have a rise to mommy shirt? Not yet, but we need one. Good Lord, the heat. You and the rest of my family can go to hell. You can take Bad Bunny and your little friends with you. I hope you could find it in your heart to forgive me. I forgive you for making me do what I did to you. There are combustible elements everywhere. Good old Ray and singles action. Well, actually, no, it's a tag team match. It's uh, Damien and Dominic against Ray and Santos. I was so confused for a second. I was like, wait a minute, they're not the a Yeah, I forgot all about that. <laughs> the LWO doesn't mean a buff either because Judgment Day goes over here. They were like, you guys were WCW, you're not going over here. So they'll no longer be Legato the Fantasma, they're just going to permanently be LWO? I guess as long as they team with Ray, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, nobody got recruited like the mob, like in the old LWO. <laughs> nah. <laughs> this is a more fun. We just LWO. got dished out charts. So funny how we went from they'll never fight each other to now they always fight each other. <laughs> right, they fight each other twice in a month. 
I like Selena Vega's LWO gear, the green. The line yeah. Green. <laughs> Look at that 619, Dom. Ah, oh, but that's Priest getting in shit. Shinsuke missed his WrestleMania payday, but now we'll use him. Maybe Kevin was right. Maybe you don't want to talk. It's fine. I just got one thing I need to say before we go out there. The same thing I've been saying for months. You know there's a way out of all of this for you, right? Look, everything I said was going to happen has happened. And that the bloodline would crumble, and guess what happened? At WrestleMania, we took those tag team titles. You don't believe me, man? Look around. Jimmy ain't here. Heyman is selling you lies, and Solo's looking at you like he's ready to drop the hammer any second. It's all, if you don't see it by now, hey, if I gotta keep beating sense into you, I'll do it, man. That's not how it has to be. Get help. Hey! Get the train. They need the buddy system in WWE. Everybody gets jumped hands behind. and all <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you need that buddy system. Yeah, he's uh, he's in the medical room right now. He's getting worked out. I, I don't. The NXT attacker got KO. Was of course. They are more dangerous now than they were before. Come on, now they're not in the he's parking lot. The only one with a problem that's going to get solved now. I love how he car angled the titles and wears both of them on his waist. Within the bloodline, the bloodline is more dangerous, more volatile. Jey Uso, Jey Uso is part of the bloodline, the greatest group. This is the first time they've gone at it one on one, to my memory. Yeah, it's weird how they keep teasing Jay turning or the bloodline turning on him. Like, what's the point of a bloodline if you turn on everybody, right? Wait, man, everybody got them family members they don't like no more. Solo. Like the shit out of him with that blue thunder. Yeah, looking excellent out there, man. There'd be something. I look at that. Maybe that's what Paul Heyman meant by you take care of business. And everybody's just assuming that it was something to do with screwing him over. He's slipping. Fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They get the fans to pop so easily. How many times is Jay going to do that? As many times as it works. <laughs> Look at that. There's a return. Oh, my God. It's the original you thought I forgot about you. Are you happy the OG bro is back? Yeah, man. Always happy to see the OG bro. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody evolved with the OG, bro, just go the fuck away. That'd be gross, but. We'll see. But yeah. OG, bro. And then they have some stuff of them afterwards. 
I guess there's no audio to it, but yeah, it's just basically the Usos retreating and Zane overselling. That boy hurt, hurt. Yeah, there is another brother. Is it the one who talked about how he just got out of prison, or is it another one after that? Uh, yeah, I think it's all that particular one. Yeah, we we played that audio of him here when he was like, "Yeah, I just got out of prison and I'm on parole." We seen we played that audio of him what was it, like a couple months ago. We were like, maybe he gave too much information. That guy, I remember him. <laughs> that motherfucker's the real deal. He's like the Nathan Jones of the bloodline. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> I could kill you. You just wonder why this person didn't give any audio for this. It's just a celebration in the ring, though. You know, nothing to see here, kids. But yeah, let me give you the link for anybody who wants that muted stream. Behold in silence. Mm-hmm. That was another thing almost worth quoting, right? <laughs> yeah. Didn't quite beat the first one, though. Smackdown did 2.291 million viewers. 799,000 in the 18 to 49 demographic. And so, yeah, they did all right. Uh, yeah, not bad. Okay. Back at the game. So, uh, did you see NXT Superstar Soul Ruka doing exercises recently? I have not. Almost lost my remote there. There we go. Let's bring this up. I'm going to show you. This is her and Danny Palmer doing some exercises at, like, I guess a local park or something. Oh, what the hell? Yeah, so that's it. What kills me is the people walking in the background, like, what's happening? Is it happening? She said, uh, They, we call this the rotisserie chicken. <laughs> and somebody else called it the 69 stretch. Oh my god. <laughs> and that's what we call it. In parentheses, insert drop here. I mean, whatever gets you in shape. I'm sure that does. You, you do the episode. You do that, the exercise with the wrong person. It's called "Please Don't Fart." That's what that's fucking called. Hashtag partner acrobatic partner stunt friendship goals. Yeah, that's more than friendship goals. Those are goals. <laughs> Good job. You know, that's some Master Roshi level shit. Hey, let's do this exercise that I know. <laughs> anyway, I just thought you guys would get a kick out of that. That being said. I came across this randomly. So Conrad Thompson, you ever heard of him before? 
Yeah, that guy that everybody does a podcast with. <laughs> he went off recently. Podcast, but he went off recently defending Tony Khan. I want you to hear what he has to say and give me your opinion on this. Oh God. <laughs> A lot of people who are so critical of Tony Khan are critical because they think they could do better. Well, I'll tell you what I'd do. Well, here's step one. Go get a billion fucking dollars and start your own company. (laughs) Ta-da! But you can't. So you don't and you won't. But if any of us, and I mean this, and I know I'm going to get some heat for this, but I don't care because that's what I really feel. If any of us, and yes, I'm talking to you, listen to this. If you had a dad who had billions and billions and billions of dollars and he said, son, if that's what you want to do, I support you. Wouldn't you go do it? But there's a lot of people who are upset that their dad can't do that for them. That comes down to jealousy for me. I know there's lots of critics out there who would say, oh, I wouldn't start a wrestling company for all the money in the world. Yeah, but you'll watch his and critique the fuck out of it every day, won't you? What's worse? Getting out there, putting yourself out there and trying something? Sitting on the sidelines and criticizing the fuck what everybody else does and doing jack shit yourself. Now, that sounds like there's a tinge of heat on my side. There's not. I just recognize it for what it is. And anyone who has met Tony Khan knows how much he loves wrestling, how much he cares about people. And it's not my business to get on here and talk about some of the things I know he's done for people behind the scenes. But let me tell you, he takes care of his people. I'm not being his water carrier here. I just know a lot of people in that company and and tragedy has befell that company on a few occasions where there were people behind the scenes and in front of the camera who lost their life. And the way Tony has stepped up and not only taking care of their legacy, but taking care of their family and taking care of a lot of expenses and provided a lot of peace of mind. Tony Khan is that dude and he is, but he is a huge wrestling fan who loves it. Now, could you be critical and say, well, Tony might not be the best manager of people. That's fair. But how do you know, unless he managed you, well, Tony might not be the best booker. Did you expect him to be after three years? And a lot of those times when those decisions, when people say that they don't know the full context, they don't know everything that's going on. Now they think they do, but they don't. Let me give you an example. I was backstage once at a WWE show and it was the day Blackjack Mulligan passed away. Bray Wyatt was on one hell of a tear on Monday night raw. I actually talked to the real life Bray Wyatt backstage before the show. And then the news came and I saw people running around and I saw him and Bo Dallas really moving pretty quickly. And I could tell something was wrong. And then I found out blackjack passed. They had just found out they were headed to be with their family. All of the sudden, what was supposed to happen on Monday night raw that night was not important. Real life got in the way. Wrestling's not everything boys and girls family is. And in that moment, Those guys went to be with their family and WWE let them as they should. But what I would see on that night, watching social media and reading the reports the next day, it's how terrible it was that they dropped the ball and lost all the momentum in the Bray Wyatt thing 
They should have done this, this, and this. That's what they expected. Instead, they did this piece of shit creative. That's the way it was framed. He wasn't available. He was headed to be with his grandfather. That was more important. That didn't keep everybody from just piling on and criticizing the creative. So I'm just saying, we don't know what guys behind the scenes are hurt. Who's got family stuff at home. Who's got health stuff going on. Whatever the case may be. We don't know all of that. But everybody's quick to say, well, he signs too many guys. Let's say that differently. I wish Tony Khan was a greedier dick who would, who would pay guys less and offer fewer opportunities for this industry I, I claim to love. Who the fuck are you to have heat with Tony Khan creating jobs in wrestling? What type of scoundrel believes that the world would be a better place if less people got paid to pursue their dreams? Who believes that the world would be a better place if there were less jobs in wrestling? Who believes that would be a net positive? I mean, I saw people being critical when he signed AR Fox. I don't even know who the fuck he is. You don't know who any of your favorite wrestlers were before they're on TV, dickhead. Somebody's got to start them somewhere. It's the old cosmic joke when you're right out of college and applying for a job and they all say, well, three years experience required. How do I get experience if no one will hire me? Tony Khan puts his own money up for this. Like if he didn't blow it, sign an AR Fox, he, what would he have? An extra Mercedes? You think he gives a shit? He'd rather see AR Fox become a big wrestling star than get another fucking Mercedes. But that somehow pisses people off. Well, he shouldn't be here. How many people are signed to NXT? You don't fucking know. You don't know. So you're not critical of it. But because Tony Khan celebrates everything publicly, it gives a reason for people to hate on him and dunk on him. And don't even get me started on this snowman bullshit. I saw a lot of people say, oh, that was a reference to the Elvis Presley movie. Are you serious, bro? You think somebody's referencing an, an Elvis Presley movie? Because in that movie, they portray Colonel Parker as the snowman because he's conning people. How has Tony Khan conned anyone? If anyone, Tony Khan's been taken advantage of. And you know by who, and I know by who. But we don't talk about it. And least of all, he don't talk about it. He doesn't fire people who need to be fired. He doesn't fire people who, if their behavior had happened under another umbrella, they would have been fucking fired. You know it and I know it. But they, he doesn't. Because he believes in giving second chances. He believes in doing good business and trying to do right by people. He's not, you know, you go back and you take a look at all the people he let, up, he let go during the pandemic. Go ahead, make a list. Okay, now we're done. The idea that Tony Khan has been anything other than a net positive for wrestling is crazy. Now you could say, well, he's not growing. What business is that of yours? I mean, one of my favorite pizza shops here in town. Do you think I give a shit if they're P what their P and L looks like, or are they growing? Are y'all up quarter over quarter? Cause if you didn't show a good quarter, I'm not coming back. I mean, I know the pizza's good and I like the people. But if this place ain't more profitable than it was last year, I'm fucking out of here. What is wrong with you? Why can't you just go eat the fucking pizza and enjoy it and turn it off and that be it? Instead, everybody's got to be a wrestling expert. Hey man, that ain't why you got into wrestling. Your dad never took you to a match and said, don't you cheer Hulk Hogan. We like work great, son. This is a five-star match right here. Well, it was four and three quarters, but he botched. 
You think my dad said any of that shit to me when I was eight years old? Of course not. He didn't care and I didn't care. It was, it was fun, mindless, spectacle, entertaining. But now because of the Monday Night Wars, we've all gotten obsessed with how many people watch so-and-so show. I don't know how many people watch Snowfall, but it's my favorite show on FX and I tell everybody about it. I don't care. Succession's coming back on the 26th. I can't wait. I couldn't tell you if that show's profitable. I don't know who the showrunner is. I don't, and I don't know what any of these assholes are like in real life. And by the way, don't care about that either at all. I want to watch the show to be an escape. It's fun. It's a fun distraction. It passes the time. That's what wrestling should be. Jealousy. A lot of people who are so critical of Tony Khan. Anyway, that was the beginning again. What are your thoughts? It's interesting how he portrays it as, oh, everybody's just hating. If you do, if you had the money to do it, wouldn't you do the same thing? It's like, no. People, especially like us, are critical of it because there's things that, yeah, he's only been doing this, what, three, four years. But there's other things that shouldn't be the way they are because he's had people who are around when he mentions the guys like the Hulk Hogan's and all those other guys. Like, there's certain things, like having a thousand shows a week having all these guys who were bigger names other places and now they're on like dark revolution or whatever when we know they could be bigger it's problems like that like the, the thing that gets me about that is a lot of his stuff that he that they said there i was noticing i don't know if you call it too some of the stuff only seemed to be from one end of the, of the spectrum like example oh, yeah. he talks about um oh why is he signed so many people He's like talking about giving other guys jobs. Yeah, but some of us don't want to see Tony Nice once every two and a half months. Some of us were excited to see him show up in AEW because we saw what he did in the other places. It's like, God forbid, our favorite shows up there and we want to actually see our favorite. Like, it's not as black and white as he's making it. And I think that's what hurts his argument. I think that you are correct on that. I find it a little bit ridiculous, you know, like, uh, like yeah, it's like, God forbid we want things to be as good as like, he's, he's like, oh, you were not in the shoes. Nothing, nothing. We watch so much good wrestling. We don't have to be in the Booker's shoes. We know oh, what shit, works and what doesn't. Sorry, guys. I put some women on the screen for no reason. I was just a, oh, it's all good. I mean, it's better than Kanye and better than Conrad's face. So, I mean, hey, improvement. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like. We're on here 52 weeks out of the year, always saying this could be better, this could be better, this could be better. Why? Because we've seen other places do it different. We've seen other places, we've seen WWE not add a different show every other month. We've seen Triple H not have a different announcement every other week, call it a big announcement all week long, and it really not be that big. Why? Because that doesn't work, Conrad. Like, dog, if you want to get signed by Tony Khan, just go get signed by Tony Khan. <laughs> and the one thing I hate, I hate when, when, when guys who have been in the business do this shit. Why does everybody always go to Hogan with other stuff? You can't pick something more modern, bro. Like some people out there, people out there that only know Hogan because in court he said that his his dick was ten inches and terrible Blaze was nine. All right, bring it a little bit more recent, my dude. <laughs> So we the, the the way fans look at things has completely changed from that day and age. Yeah, people are wondering 
who's watching what more because that's the information that is spread all over the place for every Tom, Dick, Larry, and Steve to see. Like, that's how things work now. So I'll take it a step further. This is this is a, my opinion on his entire thing because we got to break this down a little because I honestly hate to break shit down, but people nowadays have the bad habit. I never thought that I would say this because I never went to debate school or anything before. Or like debating class. But I wish everybody went to debates. It's I think it would be a requirement in this world. To understand how to debate something properly. And the problem is that when you argue or debate something incorrectly. To someone who knows how logic and a system of civil discourse works. It looks like you're just coloring outside of all the lines. You know what I mean? And the yeah. problem with this is he's sort of guilty of doing that, which I've seen a lot of people do in, in current society, where they'll just throw a whole bunch of positive facts and information on you versus a whole bunch of negative facts and information. But the problem is that the facts don't correlate. Like if your wife was to be like, you left the toilet seat up, you can't be like, well, what about when the Pop-Tarts are cold? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Who's there? Like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck? does that have to do with anything? So what? You know? Like, it just doesn't really make any sense. Hey, you forgot the eggs. What about that time you accidentally ran over that poodle? You know? <laughs> Your point? You know, you can't just... So, this is the whole thing. Breaking it apart a little bit at a time. He says that people are critiquing Tony Khan because he's they're jealous. I don't think every fan is jealous. People critique all kinds of things. People don't necessarily critique something out of jealousy. The Marvel movies were critiqued a lot. People aren't jealous of Disney. The Star Wars movies are critiqued a lot. People aren't jealous of Disney or Kathleen Kennedy or any of them. You know what I mean? Like, things are critiqued. And the reason why we critique things is either a form of amusement, a form of discussion, or a form of concern. Those, to me, are the only three reasons why somebody could critique something. Jealousy is a strange thing. Because it normally wouldn't really apply to you being critical of something so much as, I guess, it's just a little bit different from the way the psychology to that work. And as far as Tony Khan taking care of his people, there's no question that he takes care of his people. But once again, that's neither here nor there based on what we're talking about. We talk all that all the time about how he takes care of his people. That doesn't mean we can't be critical of the product. Like, I'm critical of things that I'm invested in. That's how you see things do better. You have to be critical of things that you're invested in. There's literally no other way to learn to make things improve aside from mistakes. There's, there's literally none. And that's something that a lot of people need to realize. I'm reading a book. Like, I read a book. About 20, 30 pages a day. I'll, I'll plug the name with you later on or maybe on another episode. But, you know, it talks about shit like that. And it's just basic things that people overlook in society that doesn't really make any sense. Of course, we could be critical of the product because we're invested in it. You know, and then, you know, he's, when people are claiming that he's bad at managing people and they shouldn't say that, how will we know if he doesn't manage you? That's he doesn't have to manage you for you to be able to make the psychoanalysis that he's bad at managing people body languages and, and and nuance in a human being says a lot what do you think the whole presidential election is for they're not just calling in on skype they're on a fucking podium they have to walk and interact with people they do a campaign the whole reason behind that is because you can see through somebody's activities actions and nuances the kind of person that they are or at least you can get a general idea there are certain things that can't be hidden which is why body language exists so he doesn't have to manage you for you to say that you think he's bad at managing people. And again, that's an opinion. It's like basically saying you don't have an opinion unless he directly did it to you. You know what I mean? That's like me being like Charles Manson isn't a fucking psychopath because he didn't kill anybody in my family. Or me. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, he had, he'd have to kill me 
for me to know whether or not he's a fucking murderer. No. That's not how that works. You don't have you don't have to have a direct experience with the person to be able to make an assessment of the situation. Do you know how I know that? Because the word assessment fucking exists. Isn't that strange to stumble across a word that would otherwise mean nothing if there wasn't something that we could do with it that applies to this? That's what an assessment <laughs> is. Surprise. Crazy. Look at that. Ta-da-ta-da. Anyway, letting a wrestler talk over you during a, um, um, a press conference also and talk shit about the company, that also to a lot of people by default would allow them to say, that they have the opinion that you're bad at managing people. Look at that. Look at how I was able to assess that Tony Khan's bad at managing people, or at least an instance where he was, without being managed by him. I watched somebody come out during a press conference and shit all over the company and curse out their other peers. And he didn't do anything but nod and eat cupcakes with the guy. So by that assessment alone, he's bad at managing people. If you walked into a Walmart and there was like a fucking blue, uh, um, a blue vest talking to the manager, he was like, you motherfucker. And then the manager just went, get back to work. And then the guy just went back. Nobody got fired. You'd be like, man, that guy's bad at managing people. Someone couldn't be like, well, you didn't. How would you know? You never worked at Walmart. I just saw a fucking blue vest curse the manager out and he kept his job. That guy sucks. They should have <laughs> the manager. He has no authority. You know what I mean? He's bad at managing people. Now look, Black Jack Mulligan passing, the grandfather of two wrestlers, Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt. That him dying, yes, it is pretty fucking important. But what is the comparison there? You can't just be like, you can't say Tony Khan's booking is bad. Black Jack Mulligan died over in WWE and they gave them the time to go to go say their goodbyes or whatever. Great, you know. I don't I don't, I don't see the correlation there. You know, it is important, but what's the comparison? He, he you know, and him saying like his example is basically cuz he went on to say that that day people got disappointed with the storyline because there was no Bray or Bo and they felt that all of the momentum was lost. I don't remember anybody saying that. Normally when something happens and they don't know what happens, the first thing that the Sheets do or the Marks is they all basically say that they don't know. They even make a little link out of it. What happened to Bray Wyatt? Click. We don't know. So I don't really ever hear anybody be like, well, that messed up the momentum. That's pretty analytical. But the problem with blaming them for watching Raw, looking at a storyline, not continue, and saying that the people lost all the momentum is that that's not necessarily an incorrect opinion and just because somebody passed away doesn't make it an incorrect opinion people don't know everything going on with everyone everywhere your uber driver can have a bad day your delivery guy your doctor your clerk your cashier but nonetheless you still have the right to make that observation that you got shitty service or you know the guy went the wrong way or the delivery was wrong you know it's like he's basically saying well how fucking dare you you have no idea what this guy's been through do you know that his grandfather died just before he delivered that pizza no i fucking didn't i actually did not fucking know that his grandfather past surprise because that's how life works we don't know everything that's probably part of the challenge therefore based on the same logic the people that are complaining about the raw having the default storyline that i'm imagining he imagined in his head those people don't know that black jack mulligan passed when they're making this fucking statement yet so people aren't going to know everything so that's another reason I have an issue with the whole Blackjack Mulligan past and people all they gave a fuck about was the story. And that's all they know about. Things happening in the acting world and the musician world all the time. Performances get canceled. People can't show up at Ozfest and the band and the fans are initially angry. Oh, fuck. Then they'll find out that the guy had a stroke or that he, he had dehydration and they had to cut off the tour or whatever. And then usually people are actually pretty sympathetic to that kind of shit. Very rarely does anybody go, fuck them, bad performance. No, most of the time people are disappointed, which you're allowed to be, and then you receive the information retroactively, which is literally how life and information is distributed. Even in as fast as information flows from one person to another in today's society, it doesn't go through fucking time. 
There's no way for them to know at the Raw or watching the Raw that this happened. It's impossible for somebody from the outside looking in to know that. So it's like in order for me to be able to honor what Conrad's saying is I would just have to be keeping in mind that shit for everything. Anytime I see anybody, oh, man, she botched that schoolboy. You know what, man? Don't say anything because for all we know, her grandfather died. Let's wait until fucking two weeks from now. Make sure nobody died when she did that schoolboy. You know, oh, man, look, he fucked up his lines and he forgot what he was doing. Oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe his, his, mother, his mother must be sick. Like, we don't know. We can't just preemptively make an assessment that somebody's going through shit. I would say it's good to always assume that everybody in life has shit going on. But whenever you're making an assessment of something, you can't let that cloud your judgment of the analysis, right? The fucking person, all day, they didn't say those motherfuckers, they ruined raw. They said the momentum of this storyline was lost by them not being there. That is all correct information. What is this so offensive about it? If they said those selfish motherfuckers and the storyline didn't work out because of them, that'd be one thing. But that's not what happened in this situation. What basically happened was they were disappointed by the storyline. Chadwick Boseman passed away. If somebody went, oh, man, it sucks that he can't be in Black Panther 2. That's like being like, well, what, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, no, the person's not saying it, it sucks that he's dead. That doesn't mean they're disrespecting the fact that he's gone. Jesus. It's yes, just like we were looking forward to seeing what he's going to do next. Unfortunately, it won't happen now. That's how assessment works. You work with what you have in the moment. You know, and then he's like, you know, you guys think that it'd be better if there was less jobs in wrestling? No, nobody ever said that it'd be better if there's less jobs anywhere. I think everybody just thinks it'd be better if there were less people shitty at their jobs across all fields, not just wrestling, but everything. I think that if people were less shitty at GameStop, it could stay existing. I think if people were less shitty at Arby's, at fucking, at, at fucking, uh, Waffle House. I think if people were less shitty at whatever function they had across the board, if everybody tried a little bit harder at everything that they do, then we'd have a lot more people that are efficient at everything. And that also includes wrestling. So, no, I don't think anybody's saying that they should have less jobs anywhere. If you go to a restaurant and the food's cold, are you saying that you want to fire everybody or that there should be less restaurants? You're just kind of saying that the fucking food's cold. Don't say it because you might be against restaurants then. That's just a weird mentality to have. You know, and then the whole thing with Air Fox, a lot of people didn't know who Air Fox was. Well, you know what? A lot of these people didn't know. I knew Air Fox way before I even had a podcast. I've been watching Air Fox in the Indies. But yeah, some people manage, don't watch everything. They don't know Air Fox is. They could be like, who is this Air Fox guy? Why did he get signed? They're getting burnt out on the signings. That's their preference and their prerogative. I don't understand where he's like, well, you know, he had to choose between Air Fox and a Mercedes. Does it really matter if he gets one more Mercedes? That sounds literally like the South Park joke when they were pirating the music and they were like, now this person can't get the pool that they wanted and shit like that. <laughs> like, that's not how that's not how finances work, man. That was literally why that was a fucking South Park joke. Whether or not AR Fox is signed or not, it's not like Tony Khan's money is synonymous with the money that's within his company. You know, I'm sure he could get the Mercedes and AR Fox if he wants to. One's company money and profits and shit, and the other one's his own fucking money. Why would we even make that assessment? Did he have to choose between AR Fox and a Mercedes? Is there something he knows that we don't? Because that's just a weird thing to say. <laughs> you know so um, I think people are allowed to critique the question of the logic of hiring or releasing someone like in any other sport yeah like that I said, like when there's, sports, right? people when there's only about so trades. many spots and you have way more people than there are spots you're going to have a problem because hey guess what eventually your favorite might get lost in the shuffle god forbid it's just like well I mean hey I guess Tony D I guess like Tony D's Keith Lee all these like no if we look forward to seeing these guys on the roster just, and there's way too many people on the roster. They're going to get lost in the shuffle. People are going to not just, be happy about it because they can't see those people. Too much of that just comes off like like you're not allowed to say anything. Like if you're watching a foot, like people who are analyze sports that are football fans, 
if their favorite players get traded to another team, they will discuss it. They'll discuss if a play, if the coach didn't do like a play right or if they think that they could have gone another way. And it's like being like, well, you don't know if the coach's mother died. You know the shit that they were going through or whatever. It's like, no, but they're analyzing the fucking game. We even have post shows during like MMA and during and during sports events and stuff and during the playoffs and during the, all kinds of shit where basically people sit down and they analyze the stuff that's going on and they have to do it objectively whether or not people are going through shit or whether they have high taxes or whether they're getting divorced or, or whatever. All kinds of stuff is happening at all the time and will continue to be. There's no such thing as an ideal situation. But you can't just basically tell people. That uh, as a result of that, you're not allowed to have an opinion on whether or not something was good or bad. If you like the performance, if you went to see Beauty and the Beast on Broadway and it sucked, you know, you, you can say that it sucked. And who are you? Why don't you go try to start your own fucking Broadway musical? I don't have to fucking try to start my own Broadway musical. To have, yo, that's right. You can't start your own Broadway musical because your dad doesn't have millions of dollars. Yeah, <laughs> you could do that to anything. Excuse me. The steak is a little cold. Why don't you go start your own fucking restaurant? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's okay, now I think about way. it. Conrad, since you got so many opinions, you so right, motherfucker. Why don't you start your own wrestling company instead of hopping show from show? You know, and then they say, Why do you know why do people care about ratings? Why do people care if something's growing? It's the same as looking at the user and critic scores and rotten tomatoes. And you know what? Guess what? Not everybody just eats pizza blindly. Some people go on Yelp. There's Yelp reviews for pizza as well. Nobody goes, why don't you open a fucking pizzeria, right? You're allowed to have a Yelp review. And you don't know whether or not the fucking owner's mother died. But nonetheless, you're hoping that there's positive pizza. And if there's not, you're not going to factor all that shit in. That's just inconsiderate to even think that the mind works that way. But nowadays, Destin, the reason I'm bringing this up is because a lot of people will use that as their argument to play victims of why things are wrong. Oh, you didn't know this. You didn't know that. You're not supposed to know that. As long as it's done in a form of civil discourse, there's nothing wrong with discussing negatives and positives. It almost like sounds like he's saying never question or rate anything. Just turn off your brain and enjoy it all. And you know what? That's your preference if that's what you want to do. But then you shouldn't criticize others because of that, because in criticizing others, what winds up happening is you're inadvertently doing the exact same thing that you just described complaining about to them. You're complaining about something else that you shouldn't care about, which is what the whole point of this was, isn't it? You either die to hero or live long enough, Conrad, or live long enough to be on another podcast, you know? It's like, I, I don't have anything against the guy, but he literally is now at the end of this whole thing, coming full circle, guilty of the very thing that he just ranted about. Hey, you're complaining about something that you shouldn't have to worry or care about. See? How do you like it? It sucks, doesn't it, to be on the other end of that? That's why people got to be careful with their words, man. <laughs> Nowadays, too many people tuck their tail between their heads and walk away from that kind of shit. It's kind of like, hold on. What am I fucking being held accountable for in this world first? I'm not just going to wear a shirt because somebody sprayed on it. Would I look like a Soraya fan? We'll get to that later. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's kind of like... I, I'm sorry, but I can't just own and and that's and I never try to do that people shit either. Oh, the fans are. It's like they're individuals, and everybody has like a different perspective, which they're allowed to have, man. I just thought it was weird that he was so salty. It was like we were defending Tony Khan, we were white knighting for that motherfucker, for whatever reason, you know. And yeah, you know that that's all good logic because it doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about. Whether or not everybody could afford their own wrestling company has nothing to do with being able to critique one. You know, so I just thought it was interesting. I just came across that. And I was like, man, he's mad. Like, dog, if you wanted to work for AEW, just, 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 just ask Tony. Just ask Tony for a job. 
he's got all those wrestling jobs you mentioned. So you, 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 he got you, he got you. I hate this new world we live in, man. The art of language is almost all but completely diminished and and lost (laughs) to history. But everybody speaks now. Isn't that crazy? Everybody says a whole bunch of nothing. I'm kind of like, yeah, all right, man. That's how you want to do things, I guess. That's how you feel. But, but, uh, Quest said that he's out. That he's on the Tony Khan payroll. Maybe he is. I mean, shit, the way he talked might be. Jesus. Like I said, everything was just on one side from that. It was all like, look at all the good Tony Khan's doing. It's like, let's talk about all the shitty things. Like, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, I don't know. Even like I said, that salt came from out of nowhere because that's that's even a car. Like motherfucker, let's talk about the fact that a former WWE champion bleeds every other day on the show. Like, yeah, but you don't know. Am I not allowed to critique that one con rag? Yeah, but you don't know who died in his life. You know, that's that's, a, that's obviously the logic of what we're doing here. Well, I'm watching him bleed seventy two times a week. I don't give a fuck at that moment. Like, what the f- yeah, <laughs> but everyone needs to get out of that mentality. It's just a strange mentality because they use it because it's almost irrefutable. Because if you look at it, it without arguing it, it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be a part of something to critique it, and that's absurd. Then, then Ebert and Roper or Siskel and Ebert would have to be able to act direct. And produce all movies. They can't just go to the movies and watch them and give their fucking opinion. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's just not how it works, man. Unfortunately. And yeah, if you were to hold somebody to that standard, that in order to critique something, you have to be a master of it, which is crazy. Find me one thing that that's accurate with, and then we'll talk. Yeah, why hasn't Rusev had a match in years, right? Who knows? Yeah, isn't that Mr. Rad? If that is your real name. Crazy. I bet you and your chin strap beard ain't got the answers for that, do you, motherfucker? <laughs> so as you know, Beth Phoenix left NXT. She was, was on... She was on this podcast that I didn't even know exists. It's called Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. You ever heard of this? No. <laughs> what a weird combination. Gerald Briscoe and JBL. Right. <laughs> but anyway, she's on there. And she explains what it is that made her leave uh, NXT. I thought this was just an interesting situation. They, when I was traveling every week for NXT, it, it built a lot of anxiety in the kids. Like I ended up leaving the full-time job because Ruby asked Santa Claus if mommy could stay home. And I was like, <laughs> when, and she didn't ask for a toy. She sat in Santa's lap and said, I want my mommy to stay home. And so like, if that, if that didn't kill me, I don't know what. So we, we were kind of thinking about it anyways, just because it's been tough on them for mom and dad to be going. Um, and so that was the, that was kind of the decision where I was like, while they're this little, I got to be around more. And, and luckily we're able to do these sporadic things and still have some fun together. But for the most part, you know, I'm, I'm back in the semi-retired life. <laughs> yeah. Not everybody is there. Can you imagine the pressure? Like your, your kids sit on Santa's lap and they ask for mommy to come home. Then you're a mommy. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Like, what the fuck Man. do you do, right? Oh, shit. You either have to come home or just admit Santa's a bullshit artist. Yeah, that Santa's a scumbag. Santa has quarter, quarter, quarter filled. Look, look, honey, you don't know what Santa's going through. Santa's mom probably died. I would have put all the heat on Santa. Fuck it. I would have been like, yeah, man. <laughs> right. I have to go to a paper if you Santa didn't come through. I guess we know better than to trust him next year, right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to put him no tree or nothing. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Problem solved. You could try again next year. You know, you got to really look at it statistically. It's all about the numbers. Like, think about how many kids there are on houses. He probably couldn't make it out here. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. But I guess she just didn't want to disappoint her kids. She went on. I, I linked you guys to the whole thing. But she went on in that uh, podcast to talk about how like one of her kids enjoyed the performance of wrestling, but the other one was just more concerned for her well-being. Oh. It happens, you know. I mean, they should be, especially Edge who gets injured constantly. <laughs> you know, I think it's hard to tell them. No, it's fake. No, why are you always injured? Holy hurt! What the fuck, man? Yeah, not good. So Anna J has a new T-shirt. Have you seen it? I saw it. I think yesterday. You did see it. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome because it makes no sense. Let me get this T-shirt on the screen, man. I'm not gonna say it makes no sense until we talk about why it makes no sense. Look at that one, right? Fat ass, bad attitude. Fat Accurate. ass, bad attitude. <laughs> what do you think the internet did when they saw this shirt? Well, first they got the lotion. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that motherfucker probably bought, bought, and bought. So for starters, she does have a bad attitude, right? Let's get that out of the way. Yeah. You got to give credit where credit is due. Now, in the ass department, her ass is so small that she either feuds or teams with people who have smaller or equally small asses all the time. It's almost <laughs> like they're a small ass club. It's ridiculous to me that out of all the people on that roster, the one with the fat <laughs> ass is skinny Anna J. I mean, in that one picture, we... Shared her and Jungle Boy. He had him a handful. It was it was a healthy ass, healthy ass. <laughs> Bad attitude. But it's funny because people put shit like I can't, I cannot emphasize. <laughs> I gotta see what quest, but I wanna see. She's lacking, <laughs> she lacking ass. ass. Lacking <laughs> ass. <laughs> One fan named Psycho Toad put put uh, remix snub. It goes by the name Remix Snub. I cannot emphasize enough that Anna J does not have a fat ass. The ass community is laughing at you. The ass community. Oh my god. Ganja abuser put even Tay Mello has more ass than Anna J. Hashtag AEW with laughing crying. Look, man, she's she Brazilian. She by default got cake, all right. Shows respect. (laughs) Yeah, and that people are being positive and stuff and trying to make that money. But, uh, you know, there's definitely, and like, it's so funny that her gimmick is, there's nothing wrong with her ass, wonderful ass. I mean, hey, we can't say we're being sexist. She brought attention to it. Her fucking shirt is telling me to look at her ass and judge it. Otherwise, we wouldn't even be here. This is that civil discourse we were talking about, Conrad. I can judge her ass whether her grandfather died or not. 
No, I should just grab how that I want. But anyway. But yeah, so there's a debate amongst <laughs> the community about whether or not she has a fat ass thanks to her shirt. She tweeted out and said, the negativity on this app is unreal. If you don't like it, don't buy it. Look, the negativity on this ass is unreal. I never expected this to be a topic of conversation that we would have going on. But hey, if you're going to put that out there for people to judge. I mean, in her defense, with people like Bailey out there, the bar is extremely high. Yeah, like what if Bailey heard you? She'd crush you. <laughs> Cheeks. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Bailey was chiseled out of stone. Shit. Can you imagine? <laughs> or what if or what if Nikita Lyons heard that shit? You know? be, you turn on missing and never found again. But anyway. It's not negative. I just think it's a discussion. It's a civil discussion. You know, which we're allowed to have. Unless, uh, according to Conrad's logic, unless, like, I, apparently, I guess I have to squeeze her ass before I get to critique it. I mean, if we're going by how he how he goes by things, right? Because you're not allowed to critique wrestling and shit unless you're, uh, what was it? Unless you directly own your own company. So I guess to critique somebody. You got such a problem. You got such a problem. Yeah. You're so jealous. Why don't you get yeah. a fat you got, ass? You got, yeah, you got to get your own fat ass or squeeze hers. Don't squeeze right. hers. But, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the silly logic that he has here. Fucking Conrad, fucking Conrad's like, I got Kardashian my way through this shit to have a valid opinion. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> See how dumb your logic sounds when you put another shit, Conrad? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just really strange. Oh my Stacey's just going down the list of people with fat asses <laughs> Yeah, nobody's claiming that that too, right? Does she think that there wouldn't be a debate for that one? King Quest said Conrad go to Dr. Miami and get you an ass. Yeah. <laughs> You're not allowed to critique anything. Who the fuck do you think you are? You know what people go through? I'm going to use that for everything going forward, like no matter what happens, like whenever like, oh, you know, she botched. What's that girl's name again? The one stirring the pot with the shitty moonsault. Oh, Red Velvet. Red Velvet. It's like, oh, Red Velvet botched that moonsault again. Hey, listen, did you know Black Jack Mulligan passed away? Yeah. <laughs> well, then fuck you for bringing up that moonsault. <laughs> just, just strange course of logic. Stacey says Conrad did not have a fat ass. Conrad is just fat. It's different. Oh no, you can't fat shame him. Just like he can't be right. shame you. So it's only Conrad. Don't we give a shit. <laughs> he's just gonna go on. He's gonna go and co-host insert podcast here and it'll be fine. He's right. Oh boy. Yeah, like I said, I didn't get the logic of that one fully when I heard it. But apparently, neither did she. Made more sense than Conrad's argument, so she's doing something right. Maybe she heard that on Twitter and was like, yeah, I do have a fat ass. I should make that into my gimmick. I got the cake. Yeah, you got a pound cake. Well... Like the piece that you get at the bake sale in school. 
<laughs> and I'm not criticizing that piece. It is good. But there's bigger pound cake. You see? So it's not really a criticism. Am I right? See? I'm right. His motherfuckers are over here, Bailey, over here like Bailey throwing wedding cake. So. So Ray Mysterio was recently on the Impulsive podcast. And it's interesting because I don't know if he ever talked about this before. But uh, you remember several years ago, Ray Mysterio violated the wellness policy twice. And I forgot what he said. I remember that. Yeah, you know, remember Booyaka Booyaka 60 days. Does it ring a bell? No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said that wouldn't happen. But anyway, <laughs> he I forgot what he said it was. Some muscle relaxer or some shit, some some whatever he said it was. Um he talks a little bit about like some of the things that were going on in this. I wanted you to hear. During my big run in, in WWE and after so many surgeries, I got hooked on painkillers for a very long time and my wife caught me one time we were on vacation she she saw that i uh was just out of it completely so she gave me an ultimatum she goes uh, so when we get back home you can either take your pills or you can take your family you choose and that that really opened me up man and it made me a stronger person because i remember getting back home to san diego flew the tv the next day spoke to Vince and I told him boss uh, I need to check myself in you know um, I'm gonna need some time off he was cool with it he was like it takes a man fucking uh, man up to, to what you're doing so so that that was a big life changer for me you know and a different perspective of life and, and the appreciation of family and the support of my wife you know it's crazy yeah she's been there from day one Oh, went to my first match. A real day one. <laughs> day, yes. Oh that's my crazy. gosh. That yeah. is so cool. Man, that support system is so important. Yeah. And, 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 uh, I'm so happy for you that you have someone like that in your life. Especially when you have the lifestyle that you have now. It's so important to know who you can trust. And I imagine that wasn't easy for her either well, to no. give you that ultimatum, right? You don't want to You want to put that on, on someone you love, but... You were really going through it. Yeah, it, it was bad. It was bad. Like, yeah, it was bad. And and to be able to recognize it and, and check yourself in and put everything aside and move on with your life to a a positive note, you know, it was it was uh it was crazy. It, I really enjoyed that phase of my life because I I learned so much of what not to do. Yeah. Did you? How long did you go inpatient for? Uh, I was there for 30 days. It, how much? So, I, as someone else who's been through yeah. inpatient, yeah, I've never told the story either. I, I this was going to ask. Time. Yeah, I, that's amazing. I never told it. Yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you that. I never told the story. Yeah. That's a, you. you uh, I, I talk about mine more than some want to hear, but I try to talk about it as much as possible. But you, you got to really understand how big of an impact you have when you when you show people who are uh, in your audience and fans of you that you've gone through that type of thing and made it out to the other side. I mean, yeah. it's so important and so impactful for you to tell that story. Thank you for telling yeah, that no, story. No, no, oh, that's man. amazing. It, uh, another thing that was really big to me was my kids were young. Dominic was maybe 10 years old, 12. You know, my daughter was very young. So to see them walk into visiting uh, ground on Sundays, it was just great. Like, it really hit me at that point. Like Those were the best. Boy, man. Yeah. yeah. Why am I even in here? I right. shouldn't be in here. Yeah. 
So one, t- so you went through it one time, and then after that, yeah, you were I was amazing. gonna say, yeah. you, you have to watch that demon at all. Nope. Rearing its ugly head. No, no, it's crazy. I was, I was really bad prior, but once uh, I eliminated all that toxic mindset, clean. I feel like amazing. the painkillers with wrestlers, especially back then, it was heavy. Yeah, I, this isn't the first time I've, I've heard that that addiction might creep up on you. Yeah. I uh, I try to avoid um, the prescribed painkillers right. that they give me after each surgery. Right. Solely for that reason. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with the pain even if it hurts just because I have an addictive personality and I know right. I don't want to. It's like slippery ass slope. Dude. I, think, I think people are like also learning a lot about that space by way of what's going on in America. And like, obviously it's just become just such a massive problem. And so people are starting to look at opiates and painkillers a little bit differently. I mean, there was a time, you know, 20 years ago where, you know, you stub your toe and they're like, here's Oxycontin, yeah. you know? Pain. And, and now, back and see me next week. exactly, exactly. <laughs> and now pain and, and pain tolerance and tr- pain treatment yeah. and the way that it's looked at has changed so dramatically, thank God, because a lot of people won't have to go through like what you and I went through, which yeah. was just having to battle that. And a lot of times battle it in a, in a silo until you told yeah. someone you were battling that demon by yourself. And that's the worst part of it is not having anyone to be able to talk to about it and being embarrassed or shamed or, yeah. you know, feeling like there's some sort of stigma. And that's why these conversations are important, bro. Like you don't even, you don't even realize that you just opening up and talking about that right there. Like somebody watching this episode is probably going to go talk to their family about it now. You know what I'm saying? Like you really just impacted somebody's life by telling that story. So, so thank you. Thank yeah. you. So after I had, uh, after I went to rehab, probably three years later, I ended up getting another surgery and it was probably the worst one of all. And <clears throat> I remember I was in mad pain. What was the, uh, uh I tore my ACL. I, uh, strained my MCL. They said pretty much my knee was, was dangling by one thread. Uh, so it was pretty bad. I remember I wrestled in San Diego that night and uh, we were the main event. I was wrestling uh, Alberto Del Rio. And first two minutes of the match, I felt it snap. And I was like, ah, shit, I'm fucked up, I'm fucked up. I'm like, nope, let's, let's go home, let's take it, I'm, that's it. And I was like, no, 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 let's keep going. We kept rolling. But then afterwards, I probably damaged it more. Yeah, for sure. The 10, 12 minutes that, that I stayed in the ring. Oh my God. Had the surgery, came home, and doctor gave me painkillers. And I took one, and throughout the night, because they had to drill two holes uh, my, in my knee. And I remember it was the worst pain I've ever felt from the surgeries that I've had yeah. in the past. And I would tell my wife, no, I'm not gonna take anything. I'm not gonna take anything. You know, and uh, controlled my pain as much as I could until she said, you know what, I can't stand watching like that. So it was pretty bad. I remember I was bawling out. So you see, so you did, you did she, she actually had them, so she controlled everything. Okay. But I, I didn't want to take it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's always such a tricky thing, because I've been through that a couple times yeah. after. Like, I got hit by a car when I was riding my bike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, man. That's wild. Holy shit. Yeah, man. I'm glad that Ray got off of that. Yeah, you got to be careful with chemicals, man. They can own your ass. Quickly. Yeah, crazy quickly. Okay. I think next we'll cover Rampage. I'm actually just doing it in order. I don't have any method to my mad- madness tonight. But Rampage... 
Episode 89 comes to you from Kingston, Rhode Island's Ryan Center. Start out with the FTW title match with FTW rules. Look at that. Looks like Ethan's more aware of the rules than Hook. He was like, yeah, fuck this. And back ass ones. Yeah, we're going to see more and more of Hook. I'm glad he's looking good, you know? Oh, yeah. Kid's staying sharp. And like I said, um... On his no, on his nameplate when he came out, unbeaten for 483 days at this point. Mm -hmm. I can't believe the FTW title is a thing in AEW, right? It's cool. It's cool that Hook gets to be the one to carry it, considering that his dad created the title. I feel like every title in the entire world gets defended in this company, except for the WWE ones. The Impact Wrestling title has been defended here, right? The Impact Tag titles, I believe, were defended here. The IWGP titles have been defended here. The AAA titles have been defended here. Haven't some NOAA championships been defended here? Yeah, a couple. I think a NOAA championship as well. Yeah. And he taps out. Rip Ethan. Sucks to be him. We ain't wasting tables, right? Yeah, QTV. Rough. Eight-man tag team match. The acclaimed Anthony Bowens, Matt Caster, and the Jericho Appreciation Society together, unfortunately, with Billy Gunn and Jake Hager against the Infantry, which is Carly Bravo and Sean Dean with Bobby Orlando and LSJ. Yay. I mean, it's all a job on until opportunities Conrad was talking about. Scissors! Scissor me timbers! The infantry. <laughs> Good for them. I know a guy in that group. Who, LSJ? Yeah, that's the only one I know. <laughs> I mean, LSG, I'm sorry. Yeah, the rest of them I don't know either. You would think they hire more people, you know, or use the people that they hire or are under contracts if that's always happening rather than just using randoms. Come on, come on, Conrad. You got the answers. Well, he can't give them until he buys a million-dollar company of his own. <laughs> you got to be on the same playing field with everybody. Just 
Now the oh. DDT disrespect. Let me tell you something, Jericho's got all he can handle come Wednesday night. Public service announcement brought to you by okay. Chief CEO of Mogul Affiliates. And just because we lost soldiers in this game doesn't mean we lost the war. And just like great moguls, all great moguls, <laughs> mergers happen. Oh, of course, Swerve. Mogul Affiliates getting 51% of ownership of the said merger. Time for me to make the announcement that you've all been waiting for all week. The Swerve has joined forces with. You have to wait to find out later tonight. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. Apparently there's a merger and he said we're going to find out later Later tonight, you see they're using merger and shit like that. And earlier you heard QT <laughs> Marshall use something about that because they're taking jabs at WWE. Having a merger, like God, we can't even can't do anything without obsessing over them. Darby Allen versus Lee Moriarty with Big Bill. Big Bill's out there, man. You see how Big Bill is? Yeah, there's some jobber out there. Oh man, he is Big Bill. Big Bill was a great big man. Yes, a very big man. <laughs> Can't believe you stuck with that as long as you did. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to forget that motherfucker existed. You just kept going. That's the end of Moriarty. Coffin drop to the kidneys. They're really thugging him out, right? The way he went spirally through the air. You know that he got hit by a car before this match? Yeah. Like, I guess the day before in New York or something, I think. I forget if it was the day before or the same day. I mean, Saray got hit by him. Darby just doesn't get hurt. So. <laughs> so I want you to hear this. You got to hear JR. It's so funny to hear JR say shit like this. Oh, no. It's like, wait, what? I thought it was great. Oh, Quest remembers. Yo, I felt so bad last week when I did that, but then I noticed like everybody was hard on that match. I felt a little bit. I was thinking, damn, I really buried that guy, but yeah, I wasn't trying to. I was just in the moment. But not ever. Nobody, nobody thought that was good, man. Nobody thought it was good. You know, they don't know what they were going through. Though their grandmother could have died. Yeah, <laughs> on a rope walking. The we're gonna do this all night, Conrad. Strapping, but you, know. you did this to yourself. Grandmother could have died walking the ropes. And even if he wasn't, we would have made it into an angle. 
I would have had him. Darby would have cleared his fucking self. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> No, he's coming from freaking Manhattan. According, look at that, damn. Let me see that again. I'm sorry, I took it off the screen because I didn't think there was anything to see. Yeah, he just looks kind of bruisedish. I mean, shit happens, Ooh. you know. Yeah, rough times. When you're Darby on, I hope he lives long. Mediator, and I've been brought here today to. Well, let me explain. Kate was using this move that she calls Jaden. And then Ty came along, she's using the same move, she's calling a road to Valhalla. And she said, Stop using the move. She said, No, I'm not going to stop using the move. So he served papers. I don't want to see this go to court. For match tonight on Battle of the Bells against Philly, I don't have time. Okay, let's speed this up. How do you feel about being a criminal? What's criminal is uh, the lack of education and respect coming. This move has been used for decades by literal living legends. And by myself, I don't get to decide who gets to do what, when, or if anybody owns anything that's not how it works really? yeah Tyus had that move before you even existed let's try again next time goodbye 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 Sorry. whatever great job thanks it's time for the main event yeah you damn right it is Mark <laughs> and what a main event it is it's Anna J versus Julia Hart look at that this is yeah. Medium sized ass, bad attitude. Yeah. Well, she accentuates it by having a big, shiny red pair of trunks. I mean, I guess, I guess for her body size, she got a fat ass. Okay. I mean, she has a proportionate ass. Oh, she took that. Why'd she take that to the face? Like, is it most, like, why did she take that? Look at that. Like, what happened there, right? <laughs> like, you're supposed to block that with your side, right? Like, that is insane that she took that like that. Took it right to the face. Oh, my God. Damn. <laughs> Now Anna J finally shows over Anna J is her quickness. Way into a counter. Turn it from a ribbon. Oh! And may have reacted to the top. Her back to her opponent. Julia Hawk. And no! Anna able to kick out. Fading. No, both women. Through the chair. Ah, look at that. Quarter with the mist. Fucked up. Yeah, see? Ass couldn't protect you from that. <laughs> Rampage at 484,000 viewers, 210 in the 18 to 49 demographic. Up from the three, what was it last week? Up from like they were like at around 300,000. Yeah, it was like in the high 300,000s. Yeah, well, good for them. And don't forget this week, Rampage will air on Saturday, April 22nd at 10 p.m. Eastern instead of on Friday after SmackDown, according to TNT. This is because of the NHL playoffs, which will be Friday, April 21st, starting 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time until they finish. So. Now you know. <laughs> that shows the knowledge is power. G -G that, that show's falling apart. You notice it's all over the damn place. It's like everywhere. It just has no home. But you gotta remember, we don't know what Rampage is going through. Rampage's mother might have died. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay. We get to talk about CM Punk, thank God. I was worried that we were going to lose his position on the planet. I'd rather talk about Conrad. Y'all motherfuckers over here talking about he's going to bring in ratings. All it's doing is giving me stress. <laughs> I don't know how up to speed you are on the punk stuff. I mean, I've heard like here and there the past couple of days that like, I guess Dax Harwood's been saying he's really wanting to come back. Like, so, a couple things happen. Dan Housen tweeted. Give me a minute. Bear with me because I want to get it up on screen so you guys can see. Man, we have so many buttons here. It's crazy. Like a button fest. This thing gets bigger and bigger every day that we do it, I swear. Okay, so here's the Dan Housen image that I wanted to get on screen after all of that delay. He basically says, I had a rough month with everything going on and a great friend of, of mine, Pepsi Phil, surprised me today with my holy grail collectible in an unspeakable act of kindness amongst other suspected unspeakable acts of kindness. He'll be mad that I posted this. I don't care. This is my revenge. One more note. This man has checked on me literally every day since I got injured and since the loss of my cousin to make sure I'm okay aside from normal friend talk. So has Brody King. He will bully me. So... Yeah, look at that. He bought him the first appearance of Spider-Man against the Chameleon. Amazing fantasy. CM Punk, man. He's a really kind guy, you know, to do something that nice. You know, maybe Dustin, maybe he should come back. You know, looking at that picture of the Amazing Fantasy really shows me what a nice man he is. Those fucking guys should give him another chance. Why are they being so cold? I mean, didn't they see the Spider-Man? <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I know the two of them were friends before this. That shit doesn't, probably doesn't have a correlation. But man, does it look funny in, in light of recent events that we think Punk really wants to come back and the next it's like, look, look what CM Punk bought me. <laughs> I don't know what's funnier, this picture or the fact that I always see little marks on the internet talking about some, if they want to hit 90,000, 90, they need Punk. No. 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 When I first saw it, I thought it was no. a CM Punk got it, hooked him up with Elvira. I was like, oh shit. That would have been more impressive. <laughs> Maybe this guy should come back. I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's a cardboard cutout. <laughs> All right. Go Punk. All right. Like if Phil can get me the Elvira hookup, maybe I'll think about it. He's such a <laughs> generous guy. Yeah, get him some. Get everybody some cupcakes. That'll help, <laughs> right? Think about it. Get everybody some cupcakes. What? You don't think they like cupcakes? I don't know if I trust cupcakes coming from Punk. Diabetics of the world unite! Here comes the man who. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here comes the man who brings you ice cream bars and cupcakes. <laughs> you can get different gimmick foods. <laughs> anyway, 
for the first time fucking ever on this show. It finally had to happen. We're going to play an excerpt from Dax Harwood's podcast. Oh, God. You know him, right? The guy who's always doing podcasts where he's speaking for CM Punk, more or less, that I've kind of been avoiding. For oh, a long he's time. a tag team champion now, so I'm going to need him to get off that podcast and fucking wrestle. Yeah, I mean, they're really, really good buddies, so whatever he's saying is always going to be official. You know, there's no questioning that. You know, look at these two. Look at I'm going to show you right here. Look out, fucking love. They love each other. Yeah, little buddy. This is after everything happened. I was just about to ask, is this before Brawl Out or after? <laughs> oh, this is recent. This is recent, man. They hang out. Like, they. this is who he, this is who FTR has been with. I've been kind of avoiding it. Anyone who's who's in the know and gets their news from more places than here. I've been kind of avoiding it because every week, for a couple of months now, it feels like a couple of years, Dax has just mentioned he's been kind of talking for punk, you know? He's been like the new Cole Cabana. You know? Like he's been saying, he's been trying to mend the fences. He's been more of a, of a flag bearer than anybody. That's his boy. Well, right? His boy just starts speaking up because... Uh, This, uh, uh, booking this um, all in, maybe for yourself or and just in particular, how to get people interested in this show to get the amount of people that are needed to fill the stadium. So I, you know, I've said it before. I think that if you want to get 40,000, 50,000 tickets, it's the match we want to put on the match that everyone wants to see uh, as far as an AEW goes. And I think it's, uh, you know, CM Punk and FTR versus the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Wow. That's what I think. Um, and then oh. I, I feel that the following week at All Out separate those matches. That's that's me fantasy booking in my dream. Um, I've I've been on board to um, have match three with the Young Bucks for forever. I, I think uh, right now is the perfect opportunity to have those two matches, those excuse me, three matches I just named, the six man and the two individual matches, because of the changes that are going on with WWE. Um, we have the opportunity coming off of WrestleMania to build AEW and show people how good AEW is. And Tully always said it, that um, whenever business, if, if, if they were trying to get a boost in business back in Crockett days or when he was with his dad at South, Southeastern, uh, they would always put the best versus the best. He told me a story about... Um, about uh i can't remember exactly who it was but it was uh wahoo and it it was dusty wanted uh the match to be wahoo oh yes dusty wanted it to be wahoo and and tully in an angle and he wanted flair to work with someone else and um tully said look hey i think those are great but I think that if you're trying to boost your business right now is the best opportunity to put the best versus the best. He said, if I were you, I would put Flair and Wahoo together, let them beat the crap out of each other because they were very, they hit very hard. They were very physical and let me work with you. And so I, as the heel can put you over and that's what they did. Um, and I feel, out. yeah. And I feel that's what AEW needs to do right now is put the best versus the best. Um, 
you're, you're, I'm not even saying the best wrestler. I'm saying the, the, the best matchups against each other. And I think capitalizing off of um, controversy. What, yeah. yeah, controversy and what this six man could be. That's what I feel. And then also, if you did the six man in the UK, right? Uh, and then you did the two individual matches in the United States the next week, no no market feels cheated. You know what I mean? Right. right. So that's that's my opinion. So I guess I could delete this if, if you don't want to answer it, but you took pictures or Cash took pictures of you guys hanging out with CM Punk in L.A., and well, um, it doesn't matter who took the pictures. I get the heat for it, not cash. Oh, it's Go all ahead. your yes. fault. It's yeah. all it's absolutely because you have the mustache. So right. it's completely your fault. Um, and you work for AEW, and you're mentioning CM Punk. Do you have any reason to believe that it's a possibility that CM Punk is going to come back to AEW and, and that this match is a possibility? Or is this like you just getting in trouble again and mentioning his name when you shouldn't? Uh, the, the latter. I will will say this. uh, The reason I'm fantasy booking that is because outside of Roman Reigns, and you please correct me if I'm wrong, outside of Roman Reigns, and maybe, um, you know, this is not including like Brock Lesnar, that's right, or Logan Paul, or whatever, but outside of Roman Reigns, and maybe Cody Rhodes, the biggest name in professional wrestling right now is CM Punk. Sure. Right, absolutely, definitely the biggest name in AEW, and so if we want, if we want to take AEW to the next level, if we're here to work for AEW, if we're here to make professional wrestling better because of AEW, the way you do that is you take the biggest star that you have and one of the biggest stars in the world, and you put them on the card, and you make money with them. Um, also, on top of saying that. Uh, I talk to Punk almost every day, and Punk misses wrestling. That's your that's your headline. Punk misses wrestling, and Punk wants to come back, uh, and he wants to give back to the fans. He wants to give back to wrestling. So I'll leave it at that. In this, okay, uh, yes. Uh, so you heard it there. Punk wants to come back to wrestling. He misses wrestling. But that Instagram post though. I didn't forget Dax. Didn't you say I hello to King Quest earlier? Am I losing my mind here? Is this a deja vu? No, literally. You said hello, King Quest. What's up? The exact same time. Are you glitching at me over here? What the fuck? Is it my stuff glitching? No, I guess it's my shit glitching. I'm sorry. I was like, wait a minute. No, my, chat, <laughs> my chat went all the way up and it just suddenly started scrolling again. So Quest made the same comment he made before and then Stasis once again was like, hello, King Quest, what's up? And I was looking at the chat like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I, just, I was like, is this the Matrix? That's <laughs> <laughs> great. What's up, Loki? I was so lost. I was like, wait a minute. Like, I couldn't wrap my brain around why that would have happened twice. <laughs> it was such a weird thing. I was like, did I travel back in time? <laughs> can't be. I've seen some weird shit today, but how strange. How will I explain to them that I travel back in time about half an hour to an hour worth of the show? What a shitty time travel. My only time travel experience, the only thing it did was bring me back in time just an hour of the show that I have to do over again. 
Fucked up. <laughs> you got to talk about Conrad twice, bro. Let's okay. talk about Conrad twice. Get that same energy again about Conrad. How you doing, Loki? Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, Dax goes on to say how Punk laid out a bunch of scenarios of where he'd return. One of them, like he said, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. But it doesn't really sound like Kenny and Omega or the Young Bucks are really interested in that. Uh, Why would they be? And then he, Punk has also expressed his willingness to just go to AEW and and keep completely separate from them along the way. And, uh, you know, he's also been open to working elsewhere. Though nobody really knows exactly what that means, whether, you know, it'd be another company, New Japan, Raw, whatever. Melser's quoted as saying that he hasn't heard a word about Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks wanting to work with CM Punk. And that if you watch the AEW All Access show, which I did, and it's actually pretty good, they're still upset about it. Mac Jackson said that it was the worst six weeks of his life and that there's no word that they want to wrestle CM Punk and FTR. And that he hasn't heard a peep that they want to work with Punk. So it doesn't sound like they want to work with Punk, if you ask me. I mean, I wouldn't either. Like, dude shows up throws a hissy fit at the press conference and cost me my championship in six weeks of my livelihood whether why I, would i want to work with him either whether we agree or disagree with everything that uh punk has said based on the fact that he said it and he feels it why would he want to work in a place with a bunch of fucking children let these children have their playpen man go do adult shit then right i mean you basically said that you work with a bunch of children and shit so like I just don't see what the necessity is to be here then. What's so great about this place? You already said it sucks. You fucking buried it, literally. Why? Uh, because you realize the children yeah, are more right. over than you? Is that it? It, it? it couldn't have looked worse the way that he did it. And now it's kind of like you want to come back. I would take my shit elsewhere, honestly, and not work with the children. But then again, the problem is there's going to be other children that probably don't want to work with you after that shit. Yeah, that is a problem. CM Punk responded to all of this. With this image, go figure. For anyone that's listening on the audio, it is CM Punk photoshopped onto Rocky Balboa. You better watch the movies, Phil. Now he's willing to watch them? Is that what he's saying? Is that what the message is? <laughs> it's too fucking late now, Phil. I don't even know if they're still on Netflix, bro. You can't even find those on Tubi, I don't think. Yeah, you fucked up. What are you going to do? Pirate? Now you're going to be CM Pirate? <laughs> I don't know why I'm putting so much heat on him for Rocky. Oh, my God. What are we Isn't doing? It's just here? weird that he's from... Like, you're from anywhere else. Okay, maybe. Motherfucker, you're from Chicago. And you never watched a Rocky? That's like the law. How the hell does Rocky... How, how, I was about to say, how does Rocky never watch a CM Punk movie? How does CM Punk never watch a Rocky movie? <laughs> How does CM Punk never watch a fucking Rocky movie? That that to me is suspicious more than anything else in this scenario. And then he's, he followed it up with this. It's a picture of a bingo hall. I don't know if it's him saying that I would even work at a bingo hall. That's how much I want to come back to wrestling. Or if it's him saying bingo. Like, yeah, what they're saying about me willing to come back and work is correct. But either way, he references a bingo hall. 
I feel like this is Michael Bay's Transformers and I'm like in a Bumblebee situation. Only instead of like sounds, he uses memes and it's like, what does this mean, punk? And he's just showing it's like different. Get like fucking little pictures and shit. Like I don't like he's sending these little fucking messages. Like, why can't he speak? Anyway. Dave Meltzer went on to say that uh in regards to what Dak said. He basically said that uh, obviously that match is not taking place because if it was, FTR wouldn't be talking about it. That's actually good logic from Elsa. See, I like when he has an opinion instead of prediction because, yeah, he's right. Like, if that match was happening, they would have kept it a surprise. They would have wanted to be quiet about it. But because they want to surprise people with the angle. So the fact that they're talking about it tells you that there's no surprise that the angle is not going to happen. And then he basically goes on to say that now it's a matter of public support because it's funny thing. It's like you're trying to make amends in theory, but you're really trying to make amends in reality. You're not really trying to make amends in reality. You can see that this is a power plan in the sense of we're going to show that we're talking about it, that we're the professionals. Yeah, and they sort of put, uh, you sort of put your boss on the spot being like, I think CM Punk should be at Wembley. You know? <laughs> you kind of put him on the like spot. We could just not and just have... Nobody needs brawl out at Wembley, like nobody. or anywhere at any special event. Like not for nothing. After some stuff like that, I don't trust you enough to where the rating boost is worth it. Like I don't trust you enough to where filling the seats are worth it, because I'd rather have my talent feel safe and nobody have to worry about getting fucking jumped or having a fight after the fucking show. That I'll pop for one night. Loki says, I just donated plasma for the first time and got nauseous at the end of it. You donated plasma? I don't know why none of my notifications went off. Weird. I have to check that later. You're stupid. Uh, uh, Wrestling Observer live spoke a little bit about the situation. You get to hear Mouse's words. Big thing was the promo on Adam Page, which was totally unprofessional. And there's no defending it. But because he was never punished, which is one of the problems with this, is because he was never punished for it, it created a lot of uh, heat that got worse and worse and worse. If he had been told, if like he had done that promo and Tony would have said, dude, you know, you're going against the script, you're going to sit out for a couple weeks. I think that at that point, either, you know, you know, he would have pouted and quit and gone home. Or he would have not powdered and quit and gone home, and maybe this thing would have been alleviated. I don't know which would have happened. and But it didn't happen that way, so it got worse and worse and worse. And so now we're at this situation where, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, he's probably going to be back. And, um, you know, if they want to work and he's going to be back, there's ways to do it, you know. Um, but going in there and trying to make the other people look unprofessional is is probably the worst way to do it unless you're trying to just kind of like pressure them out of the company and if that's the idea you know then we'll you know again we'll have to wait and see how it all turns out it's a really you know but, but i like extend like like this is clearly not good faith because it was good faith um we wouldn't hear anything about it they would settle it they would settle it and we would see an angle out of nowhere that would shock everyone or at least even or maybe we would talk about it or whatever and know the angle was coming and if that happens that's fine but as long as they're talking about it it tells me that um, number one 
they have no deal to do it. And number two, um, by doing it publicly, they're not really looking at doing it. They're looking at playing a public relations game over it. Big thing was the promo on Adam Page, which was totally unprofessional. Oh, yeah, you basically, you get it there. So, yeah, you know, and that, and that promo, ironically, one of the things that he says is that the apology should be as loud as the insult, right, or something like that, as right. as the offense. And that doesn't mean memes, Phil. Yeah, memes are pretty timid. Sean Ross Sapp said that those that he's spoken to confirmed that CM Punk has been hoping to work with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, but they've heard of no contact between the two sides and that the last they heard the elite were not keen on the possibility of working with him and that AEW sources indicated that Punk had been trying to push for a meeting between everyone for a while but they haven't heard if any progress has been made and that uh, the Bucks and Kenny Omega are, are also right now in the middle of negotiating new AEW contracts supposedly he also goes on to say that there's been a lot more traction within the Warner Brothers Discovery about an announcement of a primetime Saturday show being designed for a bit of a soft roster split to accommodate the preferences of talent who wanted to stay separate of particular situations. And those those talent haven't been informed of that, talent they've spoken to have heard the discussions about a new show, but haven't heard anything about Punk's possible impending return. So in layman's terms, what they're basically saying here is that they're possibly making a Saturday show and doing a brand split. And if they do that, then they won't have the problem with CM Punk and the Bucks anymore. That's what they're saying in code here. And that there's been a lot of talk from Warner Brothers Discovery, the company, the physical channel itself, about wanting this second Saturday primetime show. So if they do it, that means you would have AEW Dynamite as basically the Raw, and then this primetime AEW show on Saturday as the SmackDown. Does it sound, does it sound like that's what's going to happen? I think so. I mean, I'm hearing, seeing a lot of signs that that's what's going to be happening. There's also a, apparently a meeting planned between CM Punk and Chris Jericho to see if they can work together. Oh, God. Sounds like the Bucks and Omega are the ones that are moving on this shit, huh? I wouldn't blame them. Like everybody, they got they got fucked over because dude wanted to throw a tizzy on the press conference. Like, it's like I'd rather just keep that away from, from my career. I wonder how much of this is accurate though, because it's kind of weird. I kind of feel like it's a douche move, assuming it's accurate. Like, if you go, hey, you know, I don't mind coming back to the company, and people go, nah, man, you know, the Bucks and uh, and and Omega aren't really comfortable about it. Well, we could just stay away from each other. It's kind of like. I'd be pissed if I built that company and went through what they went through, and then I'd have to still tolerate just being around and avoiding this guy who caused this shit. Right, like, I don't yeah. care if it's another show or not. You're still in my company. Yeah, it's kind of like you're in the company that we built and are elevating. Like, fuck that. Like, after the incident, like we, I, I couldn't see them wanting that no matter what. I'd, I'd, I'd recommend to him to go to WWE if I was them. I know it's a bitter pill to swallow, but I would recommend that shit. Because he the might as well that, bite the bullet. Ain't like he got many options. You know, because then when he goes there, WWE will be well aware of the fact that there wasn't too much leverage at this point. As long as they make it a public declination where they're just like, no, thank you. And everybody knows about it. He kind of goes back to WWE on their terms. Because they already have their own thing going on in WWE. They have Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns right now. 
Seth Rollins. There's a lot of people who are really over. It's not like they're hurting for CM Punk over there. You know what I mean? So if he was to come back, you know what I mean? It would be cool to have, but as long as it's a controlled thing without any levels of entitlement where it's kind of like, yeah, he's on the roster. Sure. Goldberg was on the roster at one point. He wasn't fucking running through people, though. But I There's think just that no good scenario I see with him coming back at any wrestling company because it just seems like, all right, how long till the drama starts? I don't really think anything like that will ever happen again, but I just kind of feel like these guys really were affected by that shit. You know what I mean? And whether we like CM Punk It threw not, the whole main event scene out of whack. And it gave the company a bad look. That's really the point in which people started turning on the company and making fun of Tony Khan and a whole bunch of other shit. Like, it really fucked them up. It fucked them up more than anything. I can't say that his arrival helped them more than anything. Not objectively. I guess maybe statistically in one show, it helped elevate a rampage. But really, like, it fucked up their look permanently. You notice they haven't gotten over it? If you think back to before that CM Punk shit happened, they were literally at an all-time high. They just fucking seconds before that finished, like, one of their highest reviewed and rated pay-per-views of all time. You know what I mean? So... It's just difficult to look at it and want like I would not want to work with somebody who fucked things up that badly at that point to a point that we still haven't Especially in the from. same company that they fucked up. I don't give a fuck how much money could be made together because I'm not really convinced about it. I'm not convinced all that money is there. You know, I think it would and do people as good talk as about him coming back as if punk had this god tier fantastic run like no he popped the first rampage over a million then had two shitty world title runs because he couldn't stop because he couldn't stop getting hurt like, it wasn't all that great and like i said the ratings jumped a little bit but there was nothing that big if, and if the ratings weren't that big in that first run him returning to fight in this angle isn't gonna make that crazy enough of a buzz for that and even if it does, right after it's over, everything's going to drop right back to where it is for the time being. He's not going to he's not the solution that they're really looking for, you know, not worth it, in my opinion. Based on principle alone, I'm speaking as if I was Kenny Omega in the box, it would be the principle at this point to me. You know, it's just like, nah, man, right, I, you I put us in this bad situation we haven't gotten out of yet. Why the fuck am I bringing you back? Pretty much. I mean, is, is it possible to be lucrative to them? Yeah, I mean, they spent a lot of money on him. Maybe maybe Tony just wants to get his money's worth at this point with, with the fucking trouble. You know, practically killed the momentum that they had to a dead stop. So, again, I'm not really all for it. Um, now you're close to for it. <laughs> Okay, what do we got in our arsenal of stuff here? You can actually, what do you think? Raw or NXT? Let's do Raw. Okay, we will do Raw then. Raw 1559 came to us from Seattle, Washington. There were a lot of travel issues getting to this climate pledge arena. 
There were cancelled flights and a bunch of other stuff. So there were a lot of drastic changes. Vince McMahon had nothing to do with this. As a matter of fact, I heard he didn't even really give any input for the draft or nothing. He has nothing to do with any of that. So everybody can stay relaxed. So nobody can pretend to quit watching wrestling like you said you were going to do, but weren't really going to do. It's okay. I gotta pour my heart out, man. I've had a lot of ups and I've had a lot of downs. It should have been a dream come true going into the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> Facing my own son. I really wanted things to be different, Dom. Your name out of my out of your mouth. You Whoops. Make things about yourself. You never cared about me. I'm better off with my real family. The Judgment Day. Just like Bad Bunny. You're using him just like you used me. Bad Bunny learned his lesson. I spoke to Bunny last night and he said he'll be back. You should worry about what the Judgment Day is going to do to you. When are you going to man up y amarrarte los... Why don't you step in the ring, have a WrestleMania rematch. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to fight my own father, but I know who will. In a match with Edge at WrestleMania, now prepare to go back in action. Welcome back to Monday. Rey Mysterio versus Finn Balor. To step into the ring with his own flesh and blood, Dominic. What a treat this is! A dream match. Yeah, that's pretty much a dream match. Fourteen stables in the head, and it's like, fuck it, I'm wrestling Rey Mysterio on Raw. Let's go. Yeah, even with my head still healing. Want to do a boy? Rey is rolling. Rey is looking really great, man. Doctors are amazing at the fact that Rey Mysterio looks as good as he does. Like he's moving like he used to move in the early 2000s. It's crazy. Yeah, it was that stem cell shit, right? Then he do something like that, springboard crossbody. Yeah. Looked like he was brand new. Mm-hmm. Good as no. Good for him. God, it's gonna suck when you get that frog splash counter and they hold you there for the small package. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's dumb. How could you hit your son again? Me, hijo. Finn Balor. That's what I'm talking about, Finn. against the Usos. How have you been preparing today? I've got him ready. His coach has got him prepared. You look delicious, as always. You look this amazing. You have to You don't have to argue about this. Follow that. Follow that. buddy system. <laughs> NXT locker, NXT parking lot and raw backstage. Buddy system. It's like a horror flick. Anytime somebody gets left alone, they get taken out. We just all got here. She was by herself. Lynch. The fuck? Any update on the condition of Lita and who might have been responsible for the attack? Well, Lita is in a local medical facility. I'm going to slap the head off of them. And the man always delivers on her promises. And so I was ready to go and do this alone, but then somebody, somebody came to me with a pretty good idea. We made a hell of a team at WrestleMania. I'm going to do it tonight for Lita. For her fellow Hall of Famer, Lita. Hell yeah. 
two-thirds of an extremely formidable team at WrestleMania. Leader the very, very best. Becky Lynch vows to find Even though this makes no sense whatsoever. Freebird rules, even though they're not in a faction. How is it Freebird rules? Trish Stratus doesn't, didn't win the titles. He's a fill-in. It was Lita. Why isn't it Lita? You know? That would have made more sense to have Trish get taken out again. You know how they are. They incorporate the Freebird rule when it's convenient. There's three of them. Use the one of the one to fill in. like, oh, okay. <laughs> The champion's in control. It's a championship night here on Monday Night Raw. Oh, it's a championship night, even though we're shy one champion. For an individual or a team. But lead us. I mean, Trish is cool, so I guess that's all that really matters. If you're cool, you could defend whoever's title you want. They're besties. Bestie rules. <laughs> Bestie rules. Yeah, there you go. This match is under bestie rules. Yikes. That looked brutal. Oh, baby. Oh, God. Nope, that wasn't enough either. Ah, we got you, bitch. Got your ankles. Becky on the outside, flattening Raquel. Liv Morgan, kick, kick. No. Liv Morgan for the championship. Surprise, motherfucker. I'm not entirely sure we can believe breaking the hearts of the champions. I can't believe that she caught her with that, right? And a heel turn. She she lost. She got pinned for a title that wasn't hers, and then heel turns. And what's funny is that if you go back and you look at this match, at no point did it look like Trish wasn't trying her hardest to fucking win. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> so it's kind of a strange turn of events here. Like Trish showed no signs of lack of cooperation. She just got caught. You're too old. I don't know. Slipping. Breaking the hearts of the champions. What a heartbreaker here tonight. It's so weird that she turns heel. I guess they had to. This might have been part of the travel issues. Maybe Lita couldn't make it, so this was just what they came up with instead of postponing the fucking angle a week, which is what I would have done. I don't know. So was like the backstage thing of Lita getting jumped must have been taped then? I don't know. Because she um, was there. Yeah, she was there. That's true, and like, maybe that wasn't taped. I have no idea. I can't. I couldn't wrap my brain around why they would do this. It's just so poorly written. With Solo, who solves problems for the bloodline. One legged man in an ass kicking contest. We're talking about Solo. We're talking about the problem solver. I'm here. The Usos are here. We take advantage of Kevin Owens in this vulnerable state. Follow the tribal chief's orders to solve the Kevin Owens problem. You know who those people are? We the ones. We the ones. 
Let's see how it plays out between Owens and Sokoa tonight on Raw. Excuse me, why did you lay out Becky Lynch? Trish, anything? The American Nightmare, Cody no. is here right. in Seattle. She's been in there so long. What's the big, what's the big deal? Okay, okay, so I went in there to talk to Adam about getting you guys a tag team title match. But all this guy could talk about was the WWE draft coming up, so I made sure that he knows we need to stick together when that happens, okay? I kind of think it got through to him because then he offered me a triple threat match. The winner of that match could get a title opportunity against Bianca Belair. That means when I beat Bianca and I become champion, I think what Ia meant to say was, what about us? You've had your opportunity. I didn't know you guys feel like that, but I can go talk to Adam and see what he thinks about one of you guys taking my place, okay? All right? Yeah. I guess Adam had travel issues too, because we ever see Adam during this? I don't think we saw Adam. No, there ain't no Adam in there. Aww. Sad face. So we just got to improvise with the roster we have. They send poor Bronson Reed out there who happens to have the flu during this match. That's excellent. <laughs> that fucking sucks. Yeah, it's almost like this was the raw from hell. <laughs> How you wrestle sick? That is fucked up. Well, you don't have much of a roster, I guess. I don't know, man. There's a lot of questions. There's more questions than answers nowadays when it comes to stuff in the wrestling world. The hell the flu is still moving pretty good. Jesus. Hey, hit him with that freaking spine buster. It's crazy. Yes, Cody. Remains unfinished. So, Seattle, what do you want to talk about? At WrestleMania 39, under the brightest lights in the main event, I lost. I lost, and I'm sorry. The other thing I heard, I believe Mr. Heyman said it. He said if he is ever to challenge for the championship ever again, he's got to earn it. At what point, what are we talking about from going from dashing to stardust to the main event? Earn it! I am it! Unfinished tale has a whole new wrinkle to it. Brock Lesnar. You offer up your partnership to the Beast, and he repays it in destruction. Somebody tell me why Brock Lesnar was unhappy with his spot at WrestleMania. The other thing, though, my, my theory I have, why else would Brock Lesnar wait until my back was turned? When Brock Lesnar looks in the mirror, he sees a predator. We're victims. We're lunch to Brock Lesnar. He looked at The Undertaker and his lauded streak and thought, victim. If the question is posed to me, are you scared of Brock Lesnar? Yes. I'd be crazy not to be scared of Brock Lesnar. But I still want to fight Brock Lesnar. I want to make sure, leave no stone unturned, no opportunity behind. For the first time in his life, he sees a victim, my victim. 
But I know Brock Lesnar isn't here in Seattle. The first time ever the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes versus yourself at WrestleMania Backlash. Answer the call. Last week coming out in the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. Tag team match the Usos, Jimmy and Jay against Alpha Academy, Chad Gable and Otis. It's so weird seeing the Usos without those tag titles. Yeah, they had them long enough. They gotta work right, their way back to where they were. We'll have to see what happens with that. Oh yeah. I mean, they had a god tier and a half run, so hey, it's okay. We'll, we'll be fine. Certainly feel from the head of the table, from the tribal. Oh, by Breaker, and here comes Benito. Did see um something? I guess uh I can't remember who he was. He was interviewed by, but uh Gable was I guess asked about the possibility of going singles. He literally just says he just likes working with Otis right now. Like he's okay doing this for right now. Yeah, that's good. He could be a good singles guy though, for sure. Yeah, he he has it in him. I guess he's just still having fun with Otis, so I can't hate him for that though. Fucking <laughs> Oh, this moves really good for a big man. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, man. Gable reminds me of, of young Kurt Angle at this point. It's crazy. To a T, right? Good old EO. Meechin. So this is the Raw Women's Title Number One Contendership Triple Threat Match. EO Sky with Bailey and Dakota against Meechin and Piper Niven. Thank God I didn't have to go Meechin and do drop. Oh, that didn't make you so happy and not have to say do drop anymore. It's lovely. Bailey literally went back into Pierce's office and got the match taken off of her and put onto EO. See, she's a good leader. Looking out for the homies. Yeah. And it doesn't go to waste either because EO pulls it off. Good for her. Yeah, EO's got a raw women's title match. Look at that. You saw that crazy shit? If you would have botched that, you could have died. It would have been your end. Roxanne Perez with the pop rocks. Very impressive. He's defeated into the cover, but watch EO! Double Moonsault, let's go. Oh. <laughs> he gets a definitive win there. Eels need a one like that. KO, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, man. Well, uh, tonight you are set to go one-on-one -on -one with the enforcer of the bloodline in Solo Sokoa. We know you have faced Solo one-on-one -on -one before. The last Friday night on SmackDown, such a vicious attack. I, I see where you're going. It's a wise decision to go out and fight Solo tonight. Here's the thing, but you've known me for a while, Byron. Have you ever known me to be a wise person? I mean, I, I'm smart. I got street smarts, whatever. I'm all, I've never taken an IQ test, but I'm okay. I let the emotions get the best of me all the time. Tells me I have to beat the hell out of Solo Sokoa for what he did to me on Friday night. 
riddle not here so there's nobody to do that but me i wish i could hide that from them but they know so tonight all i care about is getting some revenge for that so yeah maybe not the wisest decision but it's okay all right good luck to you <laughs> at least he acknowledges it right <laughs> like i do dumb shit okay it happens is what that sign <laughs> oh, where is you? Yeah, definitely screenshotting that. I need them to get shades now. After this encounter, Kevin and Sammy could very well call their Kevin Owens against Solo Sokoa with Jay and Jimmy. Kevin Owens is no ordinary competitor, but cost him dearly tonight. You start out swinging. And Kevin mm -hmm. Owens is in this position, in this predicament. We got time for no chain wrestling. Got ass to whoop. Yeah, you guys jumped me on the last show because I didn't use the buddy system. <laughs> I'm gonna use the fuck you system. It's revenge time now. We got friendship bracelets and everything, as motherfucker. <laughs> you guys aren't catching any of us alone anymore. I'm gonna hold his hand and never let go. I swear to cheese. Yep. Oh, there's that knee. Watch out for that knee. Bang, sell the knee. There you go. Damn. That was a hard swan time there. Pop up power bomb. Oh, look at that. Fucking Jay. With the running. I love how they caught them running from go even from backstage. <laughs> Like, I remember you. Mm -hmm. So much for reaching out to Jay. Jay doesn't seem to want to be reached out to. So, we got a clip here of Riddle when he first made his surprise return that they put on Twitter. I'll link you guys to it. I am ready to be back. It has been uh, way too long, and uh, but it was definitely time I needed to take off and focus on me and the injuries and everything else I was dealing with. So I feel like it was just so long and I was grinding for so long that like I never had a second to hit reset. Now that that reset's happened, to finally get the call and go, hey. Coming back the last minute. Yeah, dude, I'm just I'm juicy, I'm juicy about it. Not, 
Is it oozy? That's that's sand. Well, it used to be, but I'm juicy. It's a completely different thing than oozy. But before I left, I beat Seth in a fight pit match in a main event of Extreme Rules. Instead of kind of keeping that ride on, I kind of went back into goofy riddle mode. And I feel like this time around, still me, I'm always going to be me. But I want to bring a more serious side to You know, I've been working out a lot, I've been training a lot of jiu-jitsu, I just got my black belt. And I want to really showcase my skills and my expertise and show the world. I'm also one of like the top fighters in the world that can take anybody on in this company. Yeah. Don't know if I'm gonna go blue or purple and silver. Oh. Maybe I'm gonna go silver. I think that's the look. Take a photo of myself, see what I look like. <laughs> yeah, alright. Sick dude. Oof, it's a lot of leg. He looks like an original bro if I've ever seen one, bro. Defcon bro. Living the dream, dude. Complete with Ninja Turtles hat. Hot. And reefer. For a minute, I was thinking complete with Ninja Turtles hat, and he's dressed like the Emperor. It's hot. <laughs> Feel good. <laughs> Yeah, wonderful that is. Is it Emperor Palpatine? Better now. Rest and recovered. Feeling good. Rest recovered. Black Oh, that's right. Congratulations, Professor. Good. Oh, stop it. I get it all He became a black belt. Professor, Professor. Okay. See if I still There will be no more surprises. The original bro. The OG bro. Back on Monday Night Raw. It felt so good to come out, get that reaction, and then when the whole crowd in unison started chanting bro. Just seeing all those familiar faces, you know, because I definitely put in a lot of hours, times on the road, so. I definitely recognize a lot of the fans, especially on Mania Weekend and stuff. It was good to see the joy in their faces when they saw me and just the resounding, you know, they say pop, but uh, it wasn't the biggest pop in history, but it was pretty good. Pretty good for, you know, this guy. Surprise! Did you miss me? This many a week and everybody's been kind of taking a shot at Miz and you know and one of my favorite people in the world that elbow yo that fucking the elbow height he can't and, you know, and one of my favorite people in the world Snoop Dogg Jesus Christ gonna get a shot in before me on Wrestlemania weekend so uh, I had to make things right you know I came out Miz was you know yapping doing his thing and uh got to put some hands on him and it felt pretty good. I, I was really happy with tonight and uh, 
Just keep moving on, keep moving forward. Maybe, you know, get some revenge on those that hurt me in the past. You know, maybe old friends will come back sooner than later. Who knows? Who knows? I think the sky's the limit. I've said that before, but I think this time around, I really mean it. Big things are coming, for sure. Good to have him back. Yeah, definitely. Then he had Owens after Raw. Pretty cool. Oh yeah, super babyface, huh? I remember years ago when he was in RH. I tried to tell people who were newcomers that Kevin always makes as good of a babyface, if not better, than he does a heel, and it was hard for people to visualize. And now here we are. Have you seen the picture of like what his son looks like now? Yeah, he's a big dude. His son is huge. We might have second generation waiting in the way to not even know it. Like, holy shit. Raquel. Like, his kid is bigger than him. That's right, dude. On being the new women's tag team champions. What is going through your mind right now? Kathy, it has been a long, long day. But I think it's safe to say that we went out there and we gave it everything we got. We came here to fight. We came here to win titles. And we are going home champions. 
I, there's not many times that I am left speechless, um, but I <laughs> literally have nothing to say, Kathy Kelly. I'm, I'm just grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so happy and proud to be your partner. Thank you so much. I never thought that we'd ever pin Trish Stratus <laughs> to become new champions. Um, being a champion in WWE means more to me than anything, anything else in the world. So I'm just so happy. I'm so grateful. I'm not going to cry. I'm just we are gonna so cry. Happy. Blood, yeah. sweat, and tears. Some yeah, some blood, some tears, a lot of sweat. Um, I didn't know this is where our journey was gonna take us. Um, sometimes great things happen when you least expect them. So I just don't know what to say other than thank you. Thank you for giving me a chance. I mean, we am from fighting a couple weeks ago. <laughs> the new tag team champions. The new tag team champions. Look at us. Thank oh you. God. I mean, two time now. Two time, yes, but me and Liv, I'm, this is I'm, a first time. I'm a first timer. Time. I'm a this first timer. A first -timer <laughs> oh my god, you know how many times I've been like betrayed in tag teams and all? Oh my god, dude, don't betray me. No, I don't. I get betrayed. You dare. We, both, we both get betrayed. Own it. You always get betrayed. Well, speaking of betrayals, I know you guys saw after your match and after your win, Trish Stratus turning on Becky Lynch. Uh, do you have any comment on that? This whole day has been a whirlwind. Um, between getting accused of attacking Lita, which we would never, ever, ever do, no matter how bad we wanted these. Um, so from being accused, uh, seeing Trish turn on Becky, I'm like, Did you, I, I don't know, Kathy Kelly, it's been an insane day, and it's also none of my business. All I know is that we're leaving here. The new tag team. And respectable champions, because we came out here, we played fair, and we didn't do anything that was against our own good moral compass to win these titles. So I am proud of everything we have done today. I'm proud of Liv, and I'm so happy to call her my tag team oh partner and champion. Co-champion. This doesn't even feel brilliant. Oh, we are on an up. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on such a high right now. I can't even feel a thing, Kathy Kelly. I'm so sorry. Once you guys go process, I'm sure you'll celebrate, and then we can reconvene next week. I just want to sleep with her. Oh, I'm going to. We will. I mean, you <laughs> <laughs> You hungry? You want to get some dessert? Oh, I could go for another I brownie. I think she says she's hungry. Brownie. Well, congratulations. <laughs> now, I was just about to say how fun it is when you see the kid and the fan come back out of live, and then she started asking at the title if it was hungry, and it went creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see what kind of team they'll make, and hopefully Liv doesn't get turned on. No. Yeah, I mean, but pretty good run for Raquel as a tag team compared. She was one half of the first NXT Women's Tag Team Champion. Now she's a two-time Women's Tag Team Champion. Mm -hmm. Raw did 1,818,000 viewers, 0. 0.59 in the 18 to 49 demographic, down from the 2.260 million viewers in the 0. 0.76 in the 18 to 49 the previous week, but that was coming off the heels of WrestleMania. It was the Raw after WrestleMania that usually gets much higher ratings. Oh, yeah. So there was unfortunately some stuff going on in House Guerrero. But you heard about a bunch of it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We are at that part of the show, boys and girls. Yeah, I mean, it unfortunately is. Oh, my God. This shit came out of nowhere too like it usually does so let's see where do i start with this holy crap 
So Vicky Guerrero's daughter put out this video on TikTok. Let's go to it. So I think it's time. It's time. I feel I need to make this for myself. I think I need to make it for the miscommunication that I receive from a lot of the fans and um, people in general. So I'm going to go ahead and just start because this story can go so into depth that I'd rather just keep it short and get to the point. My family is well known. Um, obviously. And I'm literally it's been two years and I have been so quiet about so much. And if anybody said anything cool, if not, I'm pretty sure they're not because it makes them look really bad. And I have protected them for so long that I feel nobody is protecting me. So I need to start protecting me. So a lot of people ask me if I talk to my mom or my sister. And the answer is no. Now let me go ahead and rephrase this or tell you, I would love to talk to my mom and my sister. I really would. I need them. And I don't need a lot. And I don't need anybody else other than my family, right? Hmm. This is why I didn't want to make this because I'm so tired of crying. But I also feel like this is just going to help me not feel like I'm keeping this giant secret. Um. Okay. So come 2020, right before COVID, there was a cruise that my family had went on. And basically on this cruise, um, I got sexually assaulted. And the unfortunate part is that it was by my stepdad. Yeah, it was by my stepdad. And was I the only one? No, but that's not my business to put their story out there. But it happened to me and the fact that I protected somebody that doesn't clearly give a shit about me is beyond me. Um, but hey, you know, growth and maturity, right? Um, there's, there will, I lived with them. So I, I didn't know what to do. That happened. I was living with them. Then COVID happened. Everything shut down. And I basically just became mute. I feel I'm very numb. Um, and I got, I worked my ass off to get out of there and get my own apartment, which I got in September of 2020, that same year. I, I really did everything I could to not only protect my mom, but keep the peace and to just get on with my life. Um, basically fast forward, maybe like the following year, um, when I got injured with my knee, um, my mom was the only one out here in Houston that's family. 
and she was helping me with that and there was basically a conversation and granted let me tell you i have told my mom how uncomfortable i am with him after it happened and basically she was always telling me it was a mistake it's not who he is um just kind of like i'm sorry that's not my problem type deal and i never really felt like she protected me um so when i got injured money was a thing with my surgery and having help with that blah 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 moral of the story is she thought i owe this man everything i owe him respect i owe him just all this stuff and <laughs> last time i checked anybody that handles me like that physically doesn't get my respect um and i really tried to tell my mom that but she took it as a way of disrespect to her and her relationship and that meaning she doesn't she doesn't want anything to do with me if i disrespect her relationship i did care about you know my mom's career and all that but seeing my own mom be okay with abandoning me and i get people need time to heal if they're going through something but it's been two years and i've almost going on three and i've been blocked like i can't even call my mom and she's the closest family i know to me um i haven't been able to call her for anything creature <laughs> creatures right here like smelling the phone um and it's been fucking hard my sister felt like she had did not want to be in the middle and i would lean on my sister because that's my sister like who else am i going to lean on um but she couldn't do it i get that boundary though i really do but to go ahead and block me and act as if i'm just an enemy as well because i need you and i i'm trying to see how to talk to my mom or just how to get through to her it just all blew up in my face and it's kind of crazy because the family i've told this to sees my side and they always tell me like why are you protecting her because nobody's protecting you <laughs> and i feel like it's honestly affecting a lot of my relationships and I don't want it to because that's not me. And I don't want to have this anger anymore. And the more I keep going to church, I keep forgiving it. And that's why I'm like, I forgive her so much that I'm like, I, I'm okay with whatever happens because you chose to do what you had to do. And I have to choose what I have to do and what I've been choosing isn't really working out for me. <laughs> Protecting everybody else except for myself is not working out for me. And the fact that like I waited and I felt like maybe it just needs some time because she's in the middle of this awkward and bad situation. I get it. But to not even follow up a year to say happy birthday to say merry christmas and you like holidays 
to not like reach out to me when like family passes away it's just so fucked up and I'm just so tired of sitting here silently while they're on social media just acting like it's, it's fucked up it's fucked up and I'm done being silent um I don't care anymore because they left me alone and I have been in flight or fight mode and all because I wanted to protect them in their careers and I feel like they can clearly do that themselves I'm speaking up because I'm tired of getting messages I'm tired of people asking me I'm tired of people accusing me that I don't talk to my mom or that I've separated myself and I really haven't because I reach out to her all the time I'm just putting this to rest um it is what it is I have I am here with open arms and I know that my family has a lot of healing to do um as do I but I actually have to start healing now instead of waiting for them to come around um please respect my journey and this video and it is not to bring like anything to them unfortunately it's just facts and that's what happened and I'm done being silent. I'm done getting all these accusations and messages. Um, I'm just saying my piece. And I'm going to continue what I keep doing and building a life for myself. Because I have to support myself and provide for myself. And um, yeah. I, oh, I literally wish them well. I miss them and I love them. And I wish that we could talk. And I hope one day we do. But my life is out in the world and it's always been like that. So I feel like I have to do this. But there you go. Um, I hope everyone has a great Sunday. <laughs> Whoa, that was quite the, uh, was quite a lot to unpack there. I was expecting all that. That was heavy shit. Well, what are your thoughts here? Oh, that it's a sad situation because the biggest thing that I, that I picked that I started to pick up on when I um, first saw this video, I've seen a lot of cases of like there'll be like acute accusations of sexual assault from like a step parent or something, and it sucks when it causes such a rift in the family like that because the problem with it is is. I can understand it being like, yes, this is the person you're married to. This is the person you said had vows with. But it's like, what reason does your kid have to lie, you know? Uh, I mean, now we have to look at it objectively, unfortunately, because yeah. how many times on this show have we looked at allegations and we've said that uh, people, you know, this court of law is an innocent until proven guilty. We can't objectively say what did or didn't happen with this much information. What we can do is just state the fact. I know Chavo released a statement and he said, just to let everyone know, I fully support my cousin, Sherilyn Guerrero, Eddie's daughter, and have been doing so privately in the last couple of years of her struggles. She is a very strong woman for coming forward with the sexual assault she has suffered. I love you, Brema. So, he's known about it for years, apparently. Allegedly, into what happened here.
him Ooh. using the him using the Eddie's daughter thing is gonna definitely affect the IWC. That guy is gonna be hated no matter what. Referring to her as Eddie's daughter was smart because in the court of law you would get sympathy for that shit. Think about it. When you hear Eddie's daughter, it makes it a little bit more impactful, doesn't it? Very much so. So Vicky finally releases a statement. This was a couple of weeks ago. And uh Let me take a look here. Good lord. Oh, it's a long one. Yeah, I don't even sure if this was I was like, is this the right thing here? So she says, there are two sides to a story. Over 15 years, my relationship with Sherilyn has been hostile, and I have tried to deal with a narcissist person. Not only myself, but close friends of Sherilyn of over 10 years and family have cut ties with her because of her manic behaviors. I tried to do therapy with Sherilyn, but she always said no. And that, I, and that I am sick, not her. Sherilyn, please tell your side of your character of being drunk on the cruise and having guys in your room then crying because you think you were raped and demanded us to go to a pharmacy in Bahamas for Plan B. You want to play dirty and sling Chris and I through the mud? I have my own pile of mud from you. Oh, that should sound like a promo. God damn. It continues. So, are you enjoying the two cars that Chris bought you, the three apartments you bailed out of, the two surgeries you paid for? Your lives will catch up, and I feel bad for you. Sherilyn, not once have you spoken to Chris about the situation, but you can go on social media and tell all. But that's how you communicate. Another example of you manipulating and harassing others. I am so done with you, and you're tired of and tired of the years of your manipulation, lies, and disrespect. I kept quiet for years because you never seek therapy to learn. How to have an adult conversation with me. It has always been your way or nothing at all. Okay, sure. And not only will I see you in court, but I will but but you and I will no longer be related. For the fans who feel entitled to comment, fuck you. You hear one side of the story and you feel entitled to comment on something you know nothing about. Yeesh. Good lord. I mean the one opinion that I'll say about this is that uh I mean, according to Conrad, I'd have to be Vicky, which probably have to be my mom, right? But, um, oh, my like, God. But uh, is that both sides handled it poorly and publicly. But assuming if we were to assume that what she says, what the daughter says is accurate, that she was shut off, then she really didn't have a line of communication to be able to reach her mother. Then uh, that sort of does justify her taking it public with no warning, because who would she warn? Yeah, and at that point, it's like, if you don't want to talk about this, like, I'm going to make this a thing. My biggest red flag to this, and this is one of the main reasons why what Vicky says got deleted, because maybe someone told her or maybe she realized it. But it's how defensive this comes off. Oh, yeah. It be- it came It came off so defensive that she forgot to deny a single allegation. She was just throwing she was just throwing mud back, like, oh well, you know, you did this and you did that, you abandoned apartments, what about that job? You know, you you have to make us take plan B, blah, 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 and all that other shit. But nowhere in there did she say that it's not true. Which was to the honestly, that's the first thing when I'm in any kind of a situation of any accusation or anything would think to do. 
the first thing that I'm going to do is deny. I would want to make it clear to them, to, to anyone that that's not true. It's just crazy to go on for that long. And other than, you know, it's just when I'm looking into the facts here and to not so much as mention any of that, like my, my response to something like that, and I'm not a parent, but my response to something like that would, would be to deny things. First of all, like I'd say, you're not blocked would have been number one. You're not blocked on social media. You can call me whenever you want. That would have been two things that I refuted right there with one sentence that had a comma in the middle. You see what I mean? There are two sides to every story. You could say fuck you to everybody who's voicing their opinion about and there's two sides to every story. But the problem is that you said that and then still left it one-sided. Right. All she did was (laughs) bury the kid but not actually say none of this happened. And then the things that she said came off very aggressive. And, and, you know, that's just not a good way to look like that was a straight up attack. It was exposing personal information about her as a clapback almost. And again, the problem with something like that is that uh, she didn't deny that the girl was blocked. She didn't deny that, that she couldn't call her house. She didn't deny that she had been cut off. Those are to me. The she didn't deny signs. a single thing. <laughs> All she did was shit on her. And my, whenever I form an opinion, it's based on what people say and also what they don't say. If I was to look at this, she says that there are two sides to every story. Which usually, when you say that, pro tip: follow it up with your side of the story. That's an opening right. line that leads into. <laughs> it's almost like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. If I hear a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and there's not Star Wars after that, I'm gonna be fucking angry. You know, it's just with the natural progression of things. So if I hear there are two sides to the story, I naturally am going to think that the next thing I'm going to hear is yours. But basically, that wasn't a side to the story, Vicky. Was it was just another story. And this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the Conrad thing, where sometimes people's response to things will just be other negative or positive information to just manipulate or convey or, you know, an emotion rather than to objectively stay within the playing field or within the rules of the verbal game here. And that being said, instead of saying that, she says, she explains that over 15 years they've had a bad relationship. She calls her a narcissist, but gives no examples of how, you know, says she's manic. And then she actually does say that over 10 years and family have cut ties with her. So you admit to cutting ties with her. She tried to do therapy with her, but she always said no. You know, but then she talks about how she was drunk on a cruise and the whole plan B thing. And then kind of threatens her with the whole, I have my own pile of mud from you. You know, it's kind of just terrible for this to be, wow, air out my dirty laundry on you. And then also, this is just not one part of this that's good, though. Are you enjoying the two cars that he brought you? Like the guy, the accuser, that you didn't deny? That's another important thing. She doesn't deny that he did it either. I'm not saying that he did it. I'm not saying that anything this girl's saying is true. But I'm just saying Vicky didn't bother to deny that the girl was cut off from being able to call, that she like, that would have been the first media. tenets. He she didn't, didn't do deny it. that her husband fucking did it in, in the statement that's this long, that has two sides to the story. This side doesn't deny any of the fucking accusations, which is wild to me. Just talks about the two cars he bought, the three apartments that he bailed her out of, the surgeries that they paid for. Then she says your lies will catch up, but there's really no lies because nothing was ever given that other side to right. it. 
You know, if at that point, don't God speak forbid publicly. they were to go by just those two statements. Vicky'd have been fucked. Like, just don't speak publicly at that point, man. This looks really rough. She did the. You would have looked better if you just didn't say anything. Not once have you spoken to Chris about the situation. The person who she's accused of assaulting her is that. Is the situation that she hasn't spoken to him about the assault? It's like I almost have to dissect. I never thought I'd have to dissect such a short sentence. But she says, now once have you spoken to Chris about the situation? Is Chris the assaulter and the situation the assault? Who does that? Right. Because like you saying that, you might almost fucked up and just admitted that it happened. Oh, man. Because it's like if you just, like we said before, like the way Vicky... Sounded so aggressive and just like, oh fuck you, fuck you, fuck. Whereas and then the, and then her daughter sounds stuff, like somebody man. who's letting, who's trying to let go of a lot of hurt, who's getting something off her chest that's been bothering her for a long time. And Vicky is just like, what about the cars and the Mercedes? Like, oh, that's not a good look, bro. And the plan B. And then after that, Shao Guerrero, she chimes in and says, "I'm deeply saddened at the state my family has been in for years." What my sister stated happened on the cruise was true. There's the second person, first Chavo, then Chao. She did get essayed by my stepfather. Essay, sexual assault, is never okay, and she has every right to talk about it. Was it rape? No. But it was unwanted touching, which is absolutely unacceptable and traumatizing. The incident tore an even deeper wedge into our family than what was there before. My mother and sister have had a deeply tumultuous relationship for years. Same with my sister and I. After this incident on the cruise, we all went into various forms of therapy in order to heal. My sister led the public to believe we abandoned her after the sexual assault, which is not true. The family went into various forms of therapy, and Mom and Chris helped Sherilyn get on her feet again by helping her financially, as they have done for Sherilyn since she was 22. Does this solve the wounds? Absolutely not. But She was not abandoned after this incident. In, in response to my sister saying that I have left her alone and blocked communication, I don't owe anyone an explanation for the steps I take for my own mental health, but I will defend myself when prompted. My relationship ended with my sister years later after the sexual assault. I had to block communication after she continued to verbally and emotionally abuse me during arguments and when I came down to Houston to help her in recovery for a surgery. Despite that trip, Sherilyn's abuse was so intense I had to leave her home, which was fine to leave her home alone for an hour so I could try and gather myself. I tried to drive to a show in San Antonio but was riddled with panic attacks. My husband flew me home and I pulled out of shows because that abuse combined with my already unwell state led me to have some serious suicidal ideation. Sherilyn, till this day, uses the fact that I had to leave our argument as ammunition, saying I quote unquote abandoned her. Barely understand, let alone the fans that think they know our family. I'm so sad that we are dealing with all of this hurt publicly now. I hope the family that is supporting you will hold your hand and give you the verbal support you need. That family does not include me due to the verbal and emotional abuse you have subjected me to over many years. My boundaries matter just as yours do. And until you agree to meet with a therapist to work this out, then we will continue to heal separately. I hope you find healing. So that's funny. Just coming at it from a neutral angle is what Child did. And in that angle, she both, even though she's not getting along with her sister, she says, yeah, she was assaulted. She wasn't right, but she was touched by this guy. But we also aren't speaking because she's a fucking bitch. I'm using in layman's terms here. Yeah. What she basically <laughs> said, you know, like, yeah, she was assaulted. 
yeah, she's a bitch. Like she kind of confirmed both sides in a weird sort of way of what was being said here. But nobody's denied anything. Is the scary right, part? Three of the people situation. said it happened, and Vicky basically didn't say anything. But the story continues from there. Ugh. What's interesting is there was a fan that commented and they said, I was a sexual assault counselor for three years and this blows my mind. First of all, forcing her to go to therapy with the man who sexually assaulted her is not okay. Vicky staying with the person who sexually assaulted her kid is not okay. No matter how messed up she is inside, knowing her own mother chooses to stay with someone who preyed on her. Of course she's going to lash out. She's not able to, to heal from this trauma when he's still included in the family. Despicable. This girl will have a very hard time healing if this quote-unquote man is still a part of the family. I don't blame her one bit for lashing out. She can't even turn to her own mother for support sad so there is some truth to that but then at the fact that she said she's had trouble with her when she was 22 and all this other shit when she was 16 you know i mean it could fact the fact that eddie died the fact that she lost her father suddenly could have definitely fucking factored into some of the reasons why this girl has had issues i don't know losing a parent will screw you up in a lot of ways (laughs) yeah so i don't really know you don't just mourn and you're okay like that stuff sticks with you for a while sometimes it never leaves yeah so zvicky deleted that original statement and then finally a couple of days ago literally yesterday she uh her lawyer releases a statement and says chris and vicky benson respond to the Cheryl and Guerrero recent allegations. Chris and Vicky Benson vehemently deny Cheryl and Guerrero's recent allegations of sexual assault and abandonment. Miss Guerrero's upsubstantiated accusations have caused the Bensons to suffer public ridicule, scorn, derision, and humiliation. Chris and Vicky fully appreciate the seriousness of allegations of this nature and and the need for public support of sexual assault survivors. However, they asked that you withhold final judgment on this matter until they have an opportunity to bring Miss Guerrero and her claims into a court of law where judgment is based on facts and merit. And then they put the attorney at law thing with the phone number and shit there, which we don't really need to read. You guys aren't going to call, you know, we could call right now on the air and question it if you guys want. No, I'm kidding. We're going to call. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> there's no funny in that. Mm-mm. <laughs> So, oh man, I think it looks worse that she put out that venomous statement clapping back at her daughter, then deleted it, waited until yesterday, and then had a lawyer answer. Yeah, the lawyer answering really ain't do her no favors. Like, if anything, like, Vicky, why aren't you saying something? That lawyer statement would have been perfect for her defense had she not done that other shit before. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So she's going to be suing her daughter now? And it's like the person who commented does also make a really good point. Let's say that, let's say, like, let's not even say necessarily where it happened or happened or it didn't. Like, bringing the person along who was accused of this ain't really doing you no favors. Because if it happens, then you just basically put your kid in an even worse position. Because it's like, now they got to try to heal with this with the person who did the thing right there with them. Like, and that's just that's assuming that it's happened, which we don't know yet. But 
Yeah, well, that's assuming that they were all healing together. Could all went to separate therapy. I don't know how this shit would work, man. But definitely, I don't. I've never heard of staying with the guy after that. The sad part about it is, I've seen maybe it's because I watched a lot of shit like Steve Wilkos. I've seen it happen. Even Steve Wilkos is a work, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sure all of I've never known it to be a work. work. Uh, yeah, fuck. Gary yeah, Springer, I know for sure it was a work. I got a friend who used to be on that, but yeah, the whole thing's a work, man. All that shit is a work. You know, I'd like to think it's a work. I mean, what else would be an explanation for that? I'm gonna tell you some of the crazy shit we talk about on this show. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I've always just taken daytime television as another work. <laughs> it doesn't look real. You know what I mean? It doesn't even look real. But anyway. Yeah, I hope that that family sorts itself out. I don't know who did what, but I just think the way it looked on paper and the way Vicky's action looked, it makes her look a certain way that's not good. And the proof of it is the fact that she deleted it. But unfortunately, that's the thing about deleting things. Deleting something in itself is in addition to the statement that you have already made. It's admitting that you do- that you have some regrets about it the delete button is just as lethal as the initialization of the of of the actual text you know yeah like her daughter didn't delete her video but you deleted your message so in that case it's like who looks guilty who looks innocent nobody who's ever been innocent deletes their shit just saying like Mm -hmm. it's not me assuming it's just how we've seen things go yeah pretty much yeah, dark shit, man. How can I lie? Like, man, I wasn't looking for. I even skipped last week because I was hoping that was going to resolve itself, only for it to have gotten worse. Oh, uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those things. All right. Well, I'm so fucking glad that is over with. We lived. We made it. Anyway. Talk about an uncomfortable segment. It's NXT or Dynamite. Uh, let's get Dynamite out of the way. Switch it up a little bit. Dynamite 184. The Milwaukee, Wisconsin, UWM Panther Arena. Swerve Strickland against Darby Allen. Wow, look how quickly he hit him with that. Oh, God. (laughs) You wouldn't even know he got hit by a car. Nope. You would think he is the car. I am the car. (laughs) That's the craziest shit in the world. This motherfucker got hit by a car and then still wrestled bullshit like any shit happened. Yeah, he's tough, man. Oh, God. It must suck to get hit by him. That's why he does this shit he does. I'll tell you, Darby doesn't feel pain. He just goes. Nope. Everybody else that faces him feels the pain. Oh, <laughs> I fucking love the way Swerve moves. Yeah. I'm glad that he found a company that utilizes him. That he's definitely one of the advantages. Yeah, he's one of the guys who's done well. Look at that. Poison round off the apron. Sneaky Prince Nana. Yeah, 
lure oh, him oh. into the arms of Brian Cage. Got him. Got him with that last supper. World champion Maxwell Jacob Friedman next on Dynamite. As the stage. Darby, Darby, Darby. Everybody give it up for Darby Allen, huh? Hell yeah. I'm not afraid to admit it. Me and you had one of the greatest matches in the history. And I'm also not afraid to admit it, even though, yes, you're a shitty little emo schmuck. Those two words are headlock takeover. <laughs> Remember that? The headlock takeover you've been with? So Motherfucker. Up. I'll have that forever. You are not on the <laughs> level of the devil. Are you happy, Max? Has anything you've ever done in your life made you happy? You're here, nothing's changed. You're champion, nothing's changed. My first year of AEW, I checked myself into therapy because I refused to be the guy that seemed happy on the outside but was dying on the inside. With the money I made from AEW, I bought my parents a house. Who are all these people I have nothing in common with led into my personal life? See, I'm not like you. I'm not gonna lower my morals to be somebody in this world. So if you got something to say, keep talking. You know what you are, Darby Allen? I am so sick and tired of you. The fact of the matter is, morals kill careers in this sport. And that's a fact. You don't have the balls to sacrifice what must be sacrificed. I could give a shit. I am willing to do whatever it takes to leave a legacy in this sport. MJF! The greatest of all time! You know what your legacy is gonna be, Darby? Darby Allen. Steve's bitch! Ouch. You rang. This promo was fucking great. Is like a daycare kind of a guy. I see myself as more like a like a cheerleader. Yeah. Max <laughs> is lucky it's not a bat. If you promise to stop, okay? Stop talking about this Cody daycare stuff, okay? I said Cody, and the truth hurts, doesn't it, Max? I had a support system in Cody, and I'm a support system for Darby. Thing had a support system too, Ric Flair. A lot of WWE plugs. Love you, Nature Boy. Love you, Kevin. Love you, Scott. We could name whoever we want out here. Fuck it. I'll pay for every Joker stick. Showtime is almost over. Don't you threaten us with that Joker thing. champion. Showtime. I am leaving the same person I came in. Ah, oh, that is brutal. Except you're leaving the same person you came in, but with more spit on your face. 
<laughs> you know, you're a little bit more moist than you were before you came in, to be fair. Anyway. Hey, Chunky. TNT Championship match Powerhouse Hobbs with Aaron Solo, Harley Cameron, and QT Marshall defending against Silas Young. Look at this. Holy Ring of Honor, Batman. The last real man is in the building. Yeah, and they squash him, man. Like, I hate the fact that somebody as credible as Silas Young is in a squash match against Powerhouse Hobbs, you know? Why is this company having squash matches? No good. Because we don't know what Silas Young has been through. Maybe his cat died. And then here we go, something straight out of the Attitude Era for no reason at all. It's just like, hey, suddenly Wardlow has become an outlaw-type character that would take you back to the 90s and fuck up people's car. Look at how much identically this was done Attitude Era style. Even that part, right? You know what Wardlow needs to do next to bring it home, all right? What? He needs to bring it via satellite. Because he forgot to fucking put it in part. You see, he laughed. <laughs> Hold on. It was a good thing the car was in the way, because that could have gone really bad. Yeah, right? I'm right there with you, Quest. And then that leads to a brawl, of course. It's time for the pull apart from hell. Ah, oh, look at that bump. His head did not hit that table. Nothing safe here, huh? Nothing. Everything's high risk. Even the things that shouldn't be risky are high risk. But you have to understand, if you don't run a company, you don't know. <laughs> Unfreaking believable. Right how we see this much shit, and then we talked earlier about freaking Conrad talking shit. Finally, we get the AW International title match. Arn Cassidy defending against Buddy Matthews with Julia Hart. Buddy! Arn Cassidy remains to be one of the most protected people in this entire company. As good as he is, man, I can't understand the level of protection that this guy gets. It's outrageous physically. It is like he, when you really think about it, his win rate is insane. Like for a guy, for a guy who doesn't care, he sure kicks a lot of ass, right? <laughs> like this is ridiculous, man. He spends less time caring, more time whooping ass. You know, it's gotten to the point where every time he comes out, I'm like, great, somebody has to face the wrath of Orange Cassidy. <laughs> you know? Who the hell thought we'd be here? Look at this shit, you know? It's like God. No, no double counter. He's not done kicking your ass yet. He doesn't really care, but he'll do it. Look at that fucking avalanche tornado DDT to a tope suicide. Look at this. Like he just fucks you up. God. Yo, I love how Matthew's family guy sold that DDT. Beautiful Superman punch. I love that this was a workhorse match, though, you know, to be fair. Look at that little stomp. Well, they worked their I learned asses that, off, dude. I learned that from my previous mentor. Ah, caught like you like a mouse. If Orange Cassidy means we get more matches like that, I'm all for it. Yeah, <laughs> like, why that not? was wild. Some things have changed. Orange Cassidy, you just successfully retained the international championship. Ask if there's any kind of a medical update on your hand. His hand is fine. Renee, 
Makes the boys a little bit jealous. We heard what happened in Japan. Aussie Open. Tag Team Champions. How about you guys fly on over here to Milwaukee and fight us Friday night on Rampage. Hands in, boys. Right. Yeah, look at that, Renee. You're a best friend now. Listen up. Firm have had a Don't tell Moxley. Matt Hardy cracked me over the head with the FTW title and cost me the match. I need to know why Matt Hardy hit me in the head with the title. So give me the answers right now. Isaiah Cassidy, Matt Hardy. Nobody played you. You've been wrestling for a long time. You know you've got to read the fine print in any contract because you are the biggest hole of the ass I have ever met in my life. Oh. You don't want to know what the contract said? It said that if Hook defeats you, then Matt Hardy and Private Party are no longer under the dominion of the firm. There's more than just me and Stokely in the firm. Watch your back, yeah, watch your back. They didn't know to turn around. It's Bill. You don't think that there'd be a firm that doesn't have a guy named Bill? <laughs> Come on, you fools. Here comes Hook. Send for the Hook. Hook, hook, give us the hook, hook, hook. What the fuck? You don't remember that? No. You know a movie? You know a movie it's from? I don't remember. Hook. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> I'm only thinking for another movie. Jeff Hardy a lot with the hook. Oh shit! It's sober Jeff. It's sober Jeff. It's sober Jeff. With a painted chair, because of course, right? My painted chair. Oh my god! I was happy to see him now. There he is, Jeff survived. Please stay healthy, Jeff. Please. Apparently, Jeff is still physically recovering from a recent surgery, and there are alternate plans over the next few weeks that don't involve him wrestling. Yeah, I believe it's uh, his eye. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it's the right eye. I believe. To you guys, I want to thank the doctors for being so quick on hand the other day. You know, I speak to the Bucks almost every day, and um, we promised each other that this problem that you have with us, BCC, we've we've all been here before. This is this is wrestling. These these things happen. It's commonplace. But when you hurt Don, you left him lying in a pool of his own blood. He's uh, he's not the most likable guy. You're not going to see this room filled with get well cards. When you mess with someone's family, that's that's when you cross a line. So I'd love to say, you know, now it's blood for blood, but you guys probably want to hear that. It's, it's not going to be blood for blood. What I'm going to do to you when I see you next, it's going to be much worse. Level of intensity, level of menace. Stacey <laughs> 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 so was talking about the Jeff Hardy chair. She's like, that's when you point out a chair, not just when it's red. <laughs> Yo, question. Did, did Moxley hit somebody in the crowd with his water? <laughs> he probably did. Let's be real. <laughs> Somebody like probably got clipped. Like, look what. How would it have not hit somebody, right? Somebody must have ducked if that's the only thing I can think of. Like, look at it, though. That shit definitely hit somebody, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, they're not very elite now, are they? Why are the two lowest elite members out here fighting for themselves? Because they're the only ones left standing at the moment. <laughs> That's terrible, man. Like, look at what they're up against here. Like, this is a really nasty team to have to face. 
Right? Like, imagine you're all that's left and you gotta fight them. They're lucky Brian Danielson has to take care of Birdie today. I guess. Yeah, they really fucked these guys up. Yeah, that's the hot tag. You know you're in trouble when that's your hot tag, right? At that point, you need a hot tag. <laughs> At that point, you may, your hot tag should come with a Bible. The Father, the Son, and the Holy... Kyle's isn't that goofy looking all the time. That's only Tuesday. He lied to surprise you. Liar. Surprise, motherfuckers. Uh-oh. You like screwdrivers, don't you? And we're not talking about orange juice and vodka. They got the fuck out of there. This was too elite for them. <laughs> See, look at that. They're doing all this good stuff and Phil's not here. It's great. Success is a testament to my legacy. I created you. See, my list of beefs here in AEW is growing second by second, day by day. <laughs> Actually, yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah. I still got some unsettled scores here in AEW. Is that what? So we're going to get that done. Mogul Embassy, we're going to leave here with something. Am I right? Hoodies up. Let's go. Do they have hoodies? Everybody in that scene? What about, what about what's his name with the Mohawk? Do they have a hoodie? We got to get him a hoodie. Got to get him hoodie. Make him hood. Can't be hood without a hoodie. Now Sky Blue and somebody's child. Oh, I mean Rio. Yeah, Sky Blue's all all elite apparently. I thought she was this whole time. So I've been seeing her every week. Uh, she has been stopping by. <laughs> now, now she moved in. Visiting. Now she's there. Rio and Sky Blue, known as the known as the Dick and Ball Busters. No, I'm kidding. Only WWE does stuff like that. Rio and Sky Blue. <laughs> Rio and Sky Blue with no name against the Outcasts. Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. <laughs> <laughs> With Soraya. <laughs> Yo, I was about to have so many questions. Like, wait, that's what? what? That's what you got to do whenever you take a random tag team, put them together, and tag a genitalia to it. You know? I was like, like who's the dick and who's the ball? What the fuck? <laughs> that's just... We don't make we don't have the same bad habits as, as over in Connecticut. Look at that. This girl nearly died on that fucking Hurricane Rana. Look at her. Plop. Oh shit. <laughs> Maybe that was the balls, I guess. 
Motherfucker took the dick and ball buses and tried to move all that shit. <laughs> uh, what, what was that name on SmackDown again? The Ballsy Girls or some shit? Yeah, the Ballsy something. We're, hard, we're more hardcore here. We do the dick and ball buses. <laughs> I like that super click kick into that crucifix bomb. That was pretty cool. Storm Zero to kill her. He killed this girl. Look at that. You want to be all elite? Well, first we have to put you on an injury. It's a tradition. <laughs> That's the hazing. So you want to me, bitch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna send you to a medical facility. <laughs> Wait, go back. That shit killed me. What the fuck did Rico think he was going to accomplish? I bet you weigh eighty pounds less than everybody else in the ring. What are you doing? Yeah, but you know who's even worse, believe it or not. Jamie Hader to me is the absolute worst running of the whole thing. Watch hers. Hers really made me laugh. <laughs> she didn't even get off the ground. Her music went dun 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 dun. <laughs> you guys got to come out in formation. This is like an Overwatch when everybody's spawning at different times. <laughs> So they can't take the territory back over, you know what I'm saying? Look out. Nobody 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 waited for Lucio. Nobody waited for Lucio. Because look, first it starts with the one that you thought was funny, where it's like, what each one did it. What do you think she was gonna do? Then the next one comes, what do you think she was gonna do? Then the next one comes, what do you think? Like it's fucking amazing that that played out the way that Each person would have with a worse plan than the last. This is this is AEW roguelite. And the next person gets stopped. I'm over here still in the fucking I'm over here still in the fucking Kim Cat Kim Kill Cam. You fuckers didn't wait for Lucio. You guys need a group song. Britt's the only one that actually was able to do something. It's a miracle that they were able to get out of that situation with as many downs as they had, right? <laughs> Breaker and Wall walked in and popped Diva's nuke. That was a great segment just because of the design alone, you know? I don't know if they meant for that to be great, but to me it was great. Like to me, that was the most fun all night. I don't even think they meant it. Jericho always looks like he's waiting for somebody to hand him a mic, even when it's a match. Every time. Look at Keith Lee's grandfather. I don't think we respect anyone. Against Chris, Papa against Lee. Chris Jericho. Yeah, right. Papa Lee. Cranky Lee. Motherfucker looks like Keith Lee was stranded on an island for six months. Hair club for Lee. That's what we need. Mm-hmm. Old Lee. That's, he does look like that would be a good name for him, like Old Lee. It's Old Lee. Wait, who told him that was a good idea? I need answers. Oh, I don't know who that was worse for. Are you kidding me? Like, look at the... <laughs> Oh, I would have just moved. <laughs> now Derrico's gonna need a wheelchair. Look at that shit. 
knows what's going on here, too. Oh, my God. That'd be like Forrest Gump with only magic legs. How the hell did Jericho survive that? That's ridiculous. Yeah, he makes it to the ropes. Good job. Oh, those are nasty. He's gonna have handprints on there for the rest of the week. There's Garcia again, being a scumbag. Whoop! Take that elbow. Yeah, get out of here already. Too late. Look at that. It was swerve. You got swerved by swerve. And that's it. Jericho takes it. Every elite character is a baby face now. All of them. Every last one. You don't get your music. How about that? And here's, we were talking about this earlier, but here's Soraya spray painting a fan. He's never going to wash that shirt again. Or his chest or his midsection. He's going to have a big L on him. A big greasy L. I don't know if he'll go have an L of stank for the rest of his days. The L of stank. That's when you know. I I hate to judge. But that's when you know you're not with a group of money. <laughs> when the first. When Soraya spray paints something on your t shirt and the people around you look really concerned, like if she just smashed your phone and your friend in the background goes could you wash that like your life <laughs> ruined because of this shit Listen. and you wash that because if not i don't know what we're gonna do about this t-shirt man we might have to open another plastic bag full of hanes <laughs> oh stop Look at the shock on that girl's face. I don't know if that's his wife or a friend, but she can't believe that his shirt got spray painted. Come on now, look at that guy. You know damn well ain't his wife. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. That was the one. <laughs> Consider it a signature. Go sell it on eBay. There you go. The shirt, you buy, not your chest. You know, you could buy four of those shirts, if not more. Five if you get them at a discount. There you go. Go to Costco, motherfucker. He can't afford Costco. He going to Goodwill at best. I love how, exactly. See, King Quest, like, why should we go on eBay? Like, who would get mad about having that? She just did you a favor, you fool. You know? <laughs> Can you wash that? Who asked that?
Holy shit. So this is Soraya leaving. She's covered up Rhea. I'm trying not to be obvious because I'm just left the arena right now and you know fans, wrestling fans are starting to come out. So I'm trying not to make it look obvious that I'm walking down the street, so oh shit. <laughs> I'm trying not to be obvious because I'm just left the arena right now and you know fans, wrestling fans are starting to come out. So I'm trying not to make it look obvious that I'm walking down the street, so and lights oh, on her. <laughs> Who the fuck is that? Right? Say, oh shit. Say, oh shit. Unfreaking believable. Trying not to be obvious, and somebody has a spotlight in front of her. <laughs> anyway, Dynamite did 866,000 fans. With a 0.28 in the 18 to 49 demographic. This is definitely down by about 11,000 from last week's 877,000. With a 0.30 down by two points this week as well in the 18 to 49 demographic. But remember, we can't criticize because we don't own a million dollar company. They're sticking around 800,000. Yeah, it's kind of become the new hangout now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about... uh the entire WWE UFC situation because Dana talked about the partnership and what it would mean and how it would affect things. So you have the power of the fan base of the WWE. You have the power of the fan base of the UFC. And you have the power of the viral, I don't even know what the hell this thing is yet, the viral ability and whatever that fan base is gonna be for Power Slap. And, you know, we can reach all these people in so many different ways. There's just a lot more resources now. You know what I mean? WWE has a lot more resources. Um, it's a phone call away now. All they gotta do is pick up the phone and say, hey, how did this happen? I need this, or I need this contact, or how did you do this? Or and, and, and you all work together to make sure that everybody wins. We've been together on the same weekend many times, you know. And you come out of a UFC event and you have Monday Night Raw. Who, who knows? Who knows what's... The, the, again, that's, these are all things that could be figured out on the business side. The difference between the UFC and the WWE is if you look at the WWE, they have a, uh, an entertainment value and they have these guys that are incredible athletes that, that go in there and, and, and do their thing. It's well known that it's scripted. When you look at the UFC, this is as real as it gets. That's like, like our tagline. You have these guys that are incredible athletes that have to be well-rounded and well-versed in all these different um, aspects of martial arts. Then you have the entertainment side of it too, um, but it's real fighting. It's real. There, there are no predetermined outcomes in the UFC, so there, there won't really be any type of crossover. Rock versus John Jones at WrestleMania. So you have the power. So from what we're hearing and what's been going around, Endeavor is now the controlling owner of WWE 
after the merger. Vince McMahon, of course, like we said before, is executive vice chairman, but he'll no longer have majority voting control over WWE or other entities within this new company. It's funny how Dana says we have the WWE, the power of the UFC, and the power of the slap thing. Like, don't name the slap thing. Of course you got to name the slap thing. Yeah, but it basically says that uh, Vince will only have 18% voting rights after this entire deal is finalized. So, Vince is no longer majority shareholder for the first time, I guess, in the entire history of the company. It's really something crazy when you think about it. Right. That's that's some game change. That's a game. That's a game changing aspect right there. Yeah, because if you look up there, he's eighteen point four percent shareholders. Poor Steph is only one point two percent, even though something. And then all of the <laughs> other shareholders and stuff, they're like a twenty eight percent, twenty eight point nine percent. And then Endeavor, you shouldn't say former, should have say Endeavor. Endeavor shareholders are going to be fifty one percent. Fifty one always is basically the controlling interest, even if the other right. side would have been Vince with 50 that 1% would give them controlling interest so above and beyond that with these sh- separate shares they have controlling interest here which is the whole point of this entire thing wow yeah it's something else right when you really think about it oh, it's yeah. a data we never thought that we would see But uh, yeah, this might have been the only thing he could do. As much as he says this was always something that was in the cards for him, I think he likes control too much for it to be something that's always in the cards for him. I think this was the only move he could make to not just have to sit on the sidelines for the rest of the time. You know, yeah, had to bite the bullet. Yeah, and then say, hey, you know, it was for the sake of the company. And like I told you before, I kind of feel like Endeavor must have played hardball as well. You know, Endeavor must have also thrown that on the table. Vince, you know, we'd like to keep you. If we buy the company as an incentive for him to choose them over others, you know, the advantage being he gets to remain on at least for whatever amount of time. We'll have to see how this whole thing plays out. You know. But apparently. It says, uh, according to Hollywood Reporter, Vince signed the new contract before the merger in the in the available SEC filings. And he, and he committed to promotions, quote-unquote, conflict of interest and code of conduct. So him working in WWE depends on him adhering to this code of conduct and this company's equal opportunity and non-harassment policy. It's funny saying... <laughs> like, the way that this is worded, it's, it's like, this time around, we just put in writing that you can't fuck anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Isn't that what you get from That's it? exactly what I heard. Like, are you kidding me? Like, it's kind of like, we this time we let them know. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bad Vince. Bad Vince. This time around with this new contract, it states clearly here, don't fuck anybody. The old contract, you didn't know. It wasn't It wasn't clear. It was frowned upon. It's like that episode of Friends where Ross thought that dating his college student would just be frowned upon. They were like, oh my God, you're going to get fired. And he was like... It's I right here in the, findings, in the fine print. You are not to wind up inside of anyone. He goes, I thought it was just frowned upon. Vince thought it was just frowned upon. Now they have it in the fine print. Vince, keep it in your pocket during work hours. 
No fucking. No fucking. That's what I'm saying, man. There's nothing more powerful in this world than the power of sex because they say that Vince does nothing but work. Well, apparently he also fucks. You know? Oh, this guy never stops working. Oh, there are some people who will beg to differ. You know what I mean? Everybody stops for something, and I think that thing is the same thing for everybody. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, I digress, obviously. Now that I'm healed fully. But yeah, thanks to this uh, new code of conduct, Vince will know not to bribe anybody after having sex with them. Before, it wasn't in the fucking contract. So Now you can only fuck. You can't fuck and bribe. Yeah, there you go. This is what he's needed all along. You fucking accounting. Everybody go, no. You guys needed to be more clear about it. It should have been on the run sheet. You know? He need, <laughs> you can't yeah. rewrite this. Can you, Vince? <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, yeah, right? You're not going to rewrite this at the last minute, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he couldn't fuck anybody, but at the last minute, he did a rewrite. <laughs> and then he fucked everybody. <laughs> you know, you have to have that much money to be able to get away with some shit like that and then go on to make a company merger and just have to sign a little contract telling you not to commit the crime you committed already. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Don't fuck anybody again. Don't fuck anybody again. That would be the name of the episode if we could. Man, don't fuck anybody. The sequel. This time you got it right. <laughs> if this was an old no arcade game, too. if this was, <laughs> if this was an old arcade game, <laughs> you oh, get that. You get that black screen with the remaining live. It would be rest times two with Vince's face. <laughs> Continue. Hey, <laughs> don't fuck anybody this time, Vince. Rest times one. Holy shit! Who doesn't believe in second and third chances? As long as you you, you sign it, he didn't read the fine print before, so now we made it fine print. <laughs> oh my god. I hate her to be. I mean, you got to make humor in this though. Just the fact that they were able to sweep it. It's like who cares? It's like you guys. Like who cares if one if one boss fucked people and the other one slapped them? You know, we're all gonna live one big happy family. It's like that scene in Monty Python. This is supposed to be a happy occasion. Let's not pick <laughs> up and argue about who killed who. Remember that shit after after oh, Lancelot oh Mor- murdered half the. Par- That's what. The- <laughs> We forgive you all. Just no more slapping, no more fucking, no more bribing, no more hush money. You know, just everybody just be good. Sign your new contracts. You all learned your lesson now. You all redeemed yourselves. And then, of course, speaking of somebody redeeming yourself, Ric Flair spoke about this a little bit on his own Woo podcast. I'll link you guys to the whole thing, but here's a little excerpt from it. Man. The sale and well, I could, I just personally hope that the McMahon family has some. It's still is allowed to run the WWE, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Because God forbid we have another situation where Turner buys the NWA. Does that make sense? That 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 turned into worst case scenario ever. 
I've heard uh, Jeff Jarrett say before, corporate owned wrestling doesn't work. Would you agree with that? Well, it, it, it works to be other right. It, it, it all depends on whose egos, who's who's doing what. But if they don't keep Vince involved and, and help, let him help them make creative decisions. Um, I don't think they'll be as, as successful as they would be without him, as they would be with him. Does that make sense? There's a lot of people who, um, who they, they, people they, they say they're upset with Vince. I, I didn't see anybody upset with him. There's always going to be people that are complaining about their position in the, in the company because they're not where they want to be or think they should be. But that's not the fault of the of, of Hunter or Vince or the, that some you know some people have a pretty high opinion of themselves that you know they they should keep to themselves rather than complain publicly. In my opinion. Well, I know we all can't wait to see what's next for WWE, but it feels as if it's going to be a lot of good news. And there's some great news from our friends over at Hints. No, thank you. This is the new headquarters, WWE's new headquarters, 707 Washington Boulevard in Stanford, Connecticut. Isn't that beautiful? So pretty looking. It's been unoccupied since UBS moved out in 2016, but now it's going to be their new empire. And since it's still in Stanford, they can still order from the same sandwich shop. (laughs) Look at that. They said that they're slated to begin moving departments into the new downtown Stanford, Connecticut headquarters next week, according to PW Insider. They said this is undeterred by the announcement of the acquisition of the company by Endeavor, and the plan is to have every division under one roof in this new headquarters by the end of the year, if not sooner. But goodbye, Titan Towers. We could, do we, are we still allowed to call it the Titan Tron? What do we call it now? What's the name of this place? Let's have a look. Do we ever still call it the Titan Tron? Most people just call it the Tron because now they're not using Titan yeah, Towers Tron, anymore. Eh? This new place is called... It doesn't really have a name. Hmm. Oh, well. Maybe we just call it the Tron. No one gives a shit about the Titan part anymore. There's so much heat in this program of stuff that we have to talk about, buddy. Like, there is so much heat. What else is new? Well, where do I go with this one? The Matt Riddle thing. Oh, yeah. Freaking what's a twat showed up again. What's a Riddle's ex, Daniela Patrol, after he showed up, she put up this picture of Riddle. At a party, I guess. And she said, sober living, bro, come on. Fresh out of rehab, hanging with some same people I've seen, even partied with being with you. You know this crock of shit from the beginning. So. And then after she this. She got time. Mm-hmm. I was going to say she got time to post this picture, but. Where all that proof she said she will have last time we talked about her ass. Hmm. I'm just saying, man. So then she put out. <laughs> it's crazy. She put out these tweets. 
Uh, I guess these are things that people said to her. You sad fucking bitch, you're excellent. Riddle fucked a few times. You say you got a new boyfriend, so shut your fucking mouth and move on, bitch. Leave Matt alone, you jealous, bitter cunt. And Misha is another level to you. She's a lovely girl and much sexier than you, too. And you can't hack it, you bitch, that Matt is happy. And how you even finding the pick of me and Matt when you blocked me, you silly, obsessed, fat cow. Now do me a favor and keep Matt out of your mouth. Karma's a bitch and you are the biggest bitch of them all. Please, God, slap this bitch and throw her in hell. So I guess this yeah, is the yeah. guy. I guess this is the guy in that picture. Uh, I can imagine, yeah. Sheesh. Put the fuck in on her. Good lord. Yeah, I guess that was the guy in the picture she shared. Oh, uh, that was it. I guess that's the whole thing. Yikes. Like, all I'm saying is her stuff would be maybe, like, a half a percentage more credible if we didn't only hear about her when something happens with Riddle. So she put, Matt, come get your chihuahua and tell the people who find these things and send them to me to just stop sending them to me. And I won't have something to talk about or give my opinion and voice my concerns over. But who doesn't like a truth teller, whistleblower? So here's the thing. Why is she still doing this? Does she realize that to the normal, she's now coming off as obsessed? Like, dude, do you know how long it's been? Like, she's been talking about this since, like, I believe sometime, like, last fucking June, if I'm correct. And then sometime last November, she posted saying that she was finally getting her life together and moving on from Matt Riddle to other things. Yet here we are now in April of 2023. And the moment he got put back on TV, she starts chain tweeting about him. Here is the fucking truth, man. I don't know what happened between them. But if you go back in her timeline, she didn't start using social media until she got together with Riddle. And if you go from almost the beginning of the timeline to present, 95% of the posts are all about Matt Riddle. Like, the whole fucking Twitter account is about Mad Riddle. Obsessed much? It, I think, like, at this point, it's just a scorned woman. I hate to say it, but I'm going to say, in my opinion, I think it's just a scorned woman because she's, it's the, her whole fucking Twitter. It comes off stalkery. I don't give a shit what, what went down. She's a fucking that. groupie. But, like, her whole thing, she's chain posting about this guy. Even if there's something that he did or didn't do, that's not the way to go about it. Like the proper fucking healthy way to go about that is if it's that serious, take it to the authorities or fight it or do whatever you have to do. But the fact that she's constantly on social media chain tweeting about this guy, somebody, I'm surprised that she has people, and that's the problem. People have friends nowadays and peers that are too fucking supportive. Because if that was somebody in my life, no matter who, male or female, I would have DM'd them and been like, you know how ridiculous you look, right? Like you've been DMing now for about seven months about this fucking guy whether you're right or wrong you're making yourself look like the villain in this because you're what you're doing is borderline obsessive someone could look at that timeline and just call it harassment i'm surprised riddle hasn't taken a screenshot of that whole fucking timeline and just sent it to the police precinct and to call the harassment it's nothing but chain tweets about this guy like her whole fucking timeline is about him 
that's a, that, that's a little bit obsessive whether she believes it or not and the thing to me that isn't scary about the fact that he has some scorned crazy chick who's obsessing over him that claims she's over him but keeps keeps tweeting what scares the shit out of me is that there's a community of people watching this and everybody's encouraging this woman or if they're not like obviously there's people who hate her or whatever but there's no one telling this girl like someone should say hey do you know how you look like i'm so glad i don't never want to have yes men around me it's important to have people in your circle that will tell you when you're fucking crazy you know what i mean it's like the fact that she's able to go on for months and months and months talk in november about how over this she is and then keep hosting about nothing but that and nobody sees that as a fucking red flag or a cry from help what a shame it is that everybody's um entire way of being supportive to one another in your peer groups is to just be positive everything and never point out the negative to the person keeping them oblivious to the smell of their own fucking farts until something detrimental happens it's so sad i miss having circles that are real with each other man you should be able to wind somebody in you should be able to rein somebody in when they fuck up like that as a friend so there should be somebody who always could talk you off the ledge and nowadays no matter how ridiculous people get everyone just encourages them and just allows them to look stupid and that's really fucking sad man this girl's account it's like she's saying and then she's sort of contradicting herself because she's saying oh people stop sending me stuff than this stop making your whole social media about this guy though then if you moved on then move the fuck on any therapist would tell her that this isn't healthy she needs to stop worrying about the fact that whether or not he went to rehab and she needs to get herself into fucking therapy you know what i mean stop worrying about the help that he's getting and worry about the help that you need because your entire social media is obsessing over this guy that shit is unhealthy she's a little bit crazy bro i'm gonna call it right here i don't give a fuck in my opinion she's a little bit crazy it's like i'm gonna just call her right now put that bitch in a rubber room throw away the key and never retrieve it i don't know if it's rubber room crazy but she needs help her whole social media she's she, she's over a guy. crazy she's obsessing <laughs> over a guy that she should have been done with a long time ago you know to the point where she knew the minute that he came back and started going crazy again leave that fucking guy alone like what? 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 Like, like how? I, I'm, I wish I had the timeline. How long it's going to be before Rilla wins a championship again? Because that's the next time we're going to hear from her. I just don't like, get holy it, man. Shit. Like, like, bitch, nobody cares about you. Go away. Oh man, it's all the stuff that happens with these situations, you know. So like I said, like she got all this time to post pictures and tweets, but then she says she had all these people who are gonna come forward and this and that and blah 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 and bullshit and bullshit. Where the fuck is all that? Oh, maybe you were full of shit. <laughs> it's just a lot of unhealthy posting, you know. It's it's someone can't objectively act like that and still think that they're over anything, you know. Anyway, man, let him live his life. If he went or not, it should no longer be your concern once he's out of your life. And that's that situation. <sighs> Everyone's so angry in the internet. Big surprise, right? No shockers there. Not for me, alright. Alright. I guess we should talk about NXT. Yeah. Cause everybody's happy on that show. Sort Yeet. of. 
It's not yeah, it's yeet. <laughs> I'm serious. Anyway, NXT episode 676, as usual, from the Orlando, Florida Performance Center. With champ. was supposed to be about respect it won't happen again but look i understand defeat is lonely i get it i've been there you didn't pass me anything i took it all these people here they don't want you to be their number one anymore braun you and i we're gonna be doing battle for a long time braun i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna flex my championship privileges and i'm gonna offer you a spot in that fatal four-way tonight i'm gonna do that and braun i'll tell you offer you know i'm not asking you i'm telling you what the unexpected arrival for Dragon Lee. El campeón está aquí. Melo, really, congratulations. Really. Last week, Braun disrespect you, man. And I'm understanding you want a revenge. You are the best. Tú eres el mejor ahora. You want breaker. But after I win the fatal forward tonight, it's gonna be you and a spring breaker for the NXT title. Okay, okay, hey, Dragon Lee, everybody, come on. As spring breaking. Mellow, mellow, mellow. You got new challengers stepping up left, right, and center. One week with that title, and you two got yourselves laid out by Braun Breaker. So I don't need to be an internet darling like my man over here. That bell over there goes, I know. You're gonna find that out tonight, and you're gonna find it out in two weeks at spring breaking. But you still gotta get over that rainbow before you get to this pot of gold, my boy. Matters is what's gonna. Ah, <laughs> oh, we're doing that thing. The third superstar in the Fatal Four is. You guys are dumber than you look. There's a combined IQ here on like 150. This audience and you, El Stupido. He's a fact tonight. Grayson Wallace winning that four-way. Superstar is gonna take that championship from you. I see a whole lot of thems, but there can only be one him. And he's the him. We're up next. Are we good? Let's see. Considering you tried to ruin my relationship by telling Brooks I was cheating on him, yeah, I ruined it. Keyword is tried. I'm good. And Brooks and I are great. Something we can agree on. By any means necessary. Here we go. You need yeehaw, bitch, Fallon Henley. That's the only way we're going to be out of the Guys, guys, y'all are up next. Can you please just focus on the match and not each other? I don't know. Beats me, man. You yeah, we're tired of watching you argue. Like Brooks to miss something this important. Every Brooks week. Be around either of you right now. Nobody wants to be around you guys. Focus on the titles. We want you to get called down to main event. So after that weird cutting of the feed. Then we got the NXT Women's Tag Team Title Match. Isla Alba Fire and Isla Dawn defending against Fallon Henley and Kiana James, of course, with Jensen and Briggs. The Champs versus GT. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, they've been pretty disappointing, you know. Pretty. You would have to have some kind of success to be disappointed. Like they've just been shit all the way around. <laughs> Albafi and Isla Dawn are true champions. I'm really glad we have that. That's going to bring up the credibility of that tag division greatly. 
Oh, that's a dangerous mountain to have to climb to deal with those two. And that's right out of Briggs and Jensen. A little two for one throughout the break, and this was the turning point on Cloud right now. Just like stylistically, they mesh up well. Their combinations are crazy. Everything about them is great. Fallon looks pretty good. Shame she's not in the tag team. <laughs> so you like her specifically? She's the one that doesn't annoy me out of that group. I guess I see it. Like he, like once 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 Keanu showed up, the whole that's when everything just started really going to shit. Quest said he's been kissed a lot. He never never sprung off a kiss like him. Yeah, right. At that age. That's what I'm like. That's such a good move. Yo, her go back real quick. Alba Fire Swanton is gorgeous. Like, I've never seen somebody who can hit that move from so far away. And now all of these guys hate each other. A mixed tag match with everybody who hates each other that we hate. They can do it on superstars. It's time to chase you. Surprised he is. is amazing. Big Duke. Wow. I don't like award ceremonies. I, I often say that it's not about chase me. Millions around the world watching me on the biggest night of my career. I merely led the march towards evil. Yeah. You're a hero. I've never got to do this before. I didn't ask permission. Oh, here comes Salty Braun. He sounds like a true Steiner now. For real. Braun, you're kind of interrupting something important here. Our champion, come out here, Mello. He wants me in the match, but then I don't need the approval of these scumbags anymore. If anyone should take my place in the number one contenders match tonight, it's all yours, my man. Oh, no. The velocity on that speaker. And look, he takes the trophy and leaves. He had to protect the trophy. Oh. It's terrible. He breaks the flag, too. Not the chase you flag. And look. NXT Anonymous. This is like GTV Jr. We got to see the mobsters kidnap pretty deadly. They're going to turn them into mobsters. NXT Anonymous saw it all. Look, it's big body Harvey. I don't know how the ropes Harvey! held. I don't know how those ropes held his big body against Eddie Thorpe. Be careful, Eddie. You're fighting big body Harvey. <laughs> this guy is a trained animal with a big body. Oh, big body face buster there. <laughs> big body backdrop. 
unstable. For Bernal. Oh shit. <laughs> oh no. He couldn't kick out because of his big body. <laughs> Eddie Thorpe, you were lucky this time. Bitch. Oh look, it's NXT UK. Like for real. <laughs> Most of these girls have such promising futures. Terrifyingly athletic. They're pushing we Tiffany right now. Future champions. Yeah, they're pushing Tiffany right now, but once Sol Ruka starts getting her freaking wins, it's going to be solid. She already has a few big ones under her record so far. So she's going to catch a little momentum. It should be good. And it's like they could start pushing her at any second. That's how good she's been. Tiffany's gotten better and she was never bad. Jesus. I'm now joined by Diamond Mine and Ivy. You requested this time. What's on your mind? Divide and conquer. Last week, I handled my issue with Tatum. And now Diamond Mine is back to us three. Stand and deliver. Gallus played their ace in the hole when they had Joe Coffey come out so they could escape with those titles. So they can keep crossing their arms and trying to act big and tough. We're going to find out because we're issuing a challenge. Creed Brothers versus Gallus for the NXT Tag Team Championships. There you go. Continue to get in everything. We're not done with Gallus yet. And Joe Coffey's in action tonight. We'll be out there. Thank you, Mackenzie. You got it. Vic and Booker, back to you. Um, excuse me. To the surprise of, um... <laughs> No one. How I'm not. The number one contender completely fascinates me. I know Indy Hartwell's like totally scared of me. I've been her twice within like three months. The most beatable champion like ever. Is this another Tiffany epiphany? Gross. Toodle. Yeah, only she says it. How dare you? Look at this. This Cora Jade varies everybody. <laughs> everybody. In NXT, there is one thing that you will never be able to do, and I know why you're always so angry, Zoe. You will always be the challenger, never the champion. Our former NXT Women's Champion, Roxanne Perez. I'm the only reason you're here, and I knew you. I still know you. I knew what you went through. We're all fighting our own demons, Roxanne. Speaking of handling the pressure, Gigi Dolan. I kind of thought you would crumble without toxic attraction, and I probably speak for everybody else. Get one thing perfectly straight. That title says Cora Jade. Instagram famous can only make me think of one person, Tiffany Stratton. I love the confidence, the ego. Let's be honest, you play it even better. Here's an epiphany for you. I run this place, not you. Lyra Valkyria, you attack anything with a pulse. Our new 
fairy tale. This is my NXT, and I am the hero of this story. They said it best. You can shut up now. But let me ask you, let me be blunt for a second. In your absence, entire women's locker room took a step forward. Watching Sandman deliver didn't create jealousy. I bet it was a big reality check. Look at me, Cora. Look at me. I'll give you your crown right here and now. But when it comes to that championship, if you even go near it, I'll rip your eyes out. Oh, look at that slap. Uh, it costed you, though. Out of everybody she called on, only Lyra Valkyria came out there. Right. Look, her top broke. You saw that shit? She kicked it so hard, she broke her top. Shit. Get straps off. Wesley, you're on an amazing run as an NXT North American champion. How do you stay so sharp? I still got the chip on my shoulder, Mackenzie. There's so many great champions that have held this title before me, and many of them are on Raw and SmackDown now. Yes, North American Ooh. champion. Your match with Axiom last week was just mm, so good. I am just such a fan of your high flying ability. Our only question for you is can you get it done? You're grounded. One sided arguments. You're all tied up, and the only option you have is to tap out. I have a feeling I know where all of this is going, y'all. Bring your game plan, bring your strategies, whatever you want. Keep this. Now, if you excuse me, Kenzie. Yeah, he always high five Kenzie. We tied. Uh oh. And Von. now Von Wagner's funeral. That's it. Remember, Mr. Stone said, if you don't beat this guy, you're done. I. He's trying. And there it goes. <laughs> oh. He's trying, you know. It's only going to be a matter of time before he dies. And die. <laughs> No more Mr. Stone. It's Dijak. It's Gallus. The Iron King, Joe Coffey. Tank Ledger. Because you had to feed somebody, Joe. I guess. Oh, it was good to see Joe Bukavi back in the ring again. I haven't seen him wrestle in I don't know how long. Yeah, so I look like they're not going to open another NXT branch. They're just going to merge this one into one. Nice. He's such a hard hitter, right? Yep, goes over his disc, his clothes on, he calls best for the bells. Zebras! <laughs> 
this weekend. That was good stuff. I say so. Hey, Roxanne. Hey. Oh, how you doing? Yeah. How you feel? I, I feel good. I'm just need a little break after Stan delivered, but I'm back, ready to get my championship back. Oh, Indy, she was gonna give you the first crack. Yeah, and Zoe came in and took it out of nowhere. Honestly, after the stuff Zoe had to say about me, we need some backup. <laughs> I'll. Boys, and if it isn't Miss Radio Silent, I'm so glad you finally found the strength. Mouth on this one, huh? Yeah, no. wow. You're the perfect example of why people aren't open and honest about their anxiety. Understand this. I have all the strength to beat you next week. Good. Nice. <laughs> why you oh, look at that. We came back from the fishes, I guess. You didn't lock the truck. You always locked the truck. It was a long swim. Yeah, so here we go. This is basically the NXT title number one contendership fatal four-way match. J.D. McDonough, Duke Hudson, and Dragon Lee and Grayson Waller. Fatal four-way. Wild stuff. Very lovely mix of styles. Absolutely. The Dragon Lee's crazy ass. I kind of like that they're just throwing him into the deep end. Like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, good. He has the experience for it. In every situation, there's been a case where it's like he could easily win these matches. Exactly. He could. Yeah, well, it's too soon. But I'm glad to have him in that rotation. Yeah. Like, if the dude's a contender, free him like he's a contender. Mm -hmm. That's fucking crazy. Incredible. I do like the way they handle this because, like, there's certain guys you always see in the mix, and three out of the four are all in this match. Yeah, exactly. Like, JD's always in the mix, Grayson Waller's always in the mix, and now we got Dragon Lee up there, too. Yeah, well, they got to adjust the landscape a little bit. Now that we got Braun Breaker, who's sort of out of the title mix but and a heel, you know? Yeah, there. <laughs> Gotta be kidding. Sneaky ass Waller. Two weeks. NXT did 528,018 to 49 demographic, down from the 555,000 viewers in the 18 to 49 demographic. The last time they were over that was March 28, 628,000 viewers with the point 16 in the 18 to 49. Incredible, right? Banger numbers. Indeed. All right, we covered this week of wrestling. I think that it is about time that we wrap up here. Long one, lot of information to take in. Thank you to stream live and lurk us. Those of you that engage us in the chat room, as well as those of you, of course, who are going to catch us on delay as a video on demand across all places popular podcasts are found, which includes, of course, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Player FM. 
Podbean, and so on and so forth. And of course, twitch.tv slash talkbrunch slash videos for the video on demand. Don't forget, for the rest of this week, we're going to have other content on this channel. There's going to be other gameplay, other things to do, other ways to engage with us. Follow us across all social media for any upcoming events. Don't forget to check us on the Discord. But that is it for wrestling for this week. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 570, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dare, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin Soglo Frazier, we're out of here. Happy wrestling, everybody. Electric Conrad, done for you. Shut it down. <laughs>